first heard about Johnny Todd in March of 1974, so I was not given his name at the time. I was talking to Jack Chick, the author of the comic book publications like Broken Cross, the Crusader series, and some of the little pamphlets like Big Daddy and G.I. Joe and This Was Your Life, and The Thing, uh, a number of very effective comic uh, book type gospel tracts, uh, which have reached a circulation, I believe, of more than three million copies. And uh, God has wonderful blessed Jack Chick's ministry. Jack Chick called me in March of 1974 about a certain subject and mentioned the fact that he had just met a converted Druid priest who was saved out of Druidism, which is a very high level of witchcraft. And he told me that this particular converted priest knew personally of more than 50 to 60 cases of human sacrifice perpetrated in this country. Now, at that time, Johnny Todd's name was not given to me. Then about the last of May or first of June of this year, uh, just about uh, five or six months ago, about five months ago, Jack Chick called me again, not remembering who I was because we had not met personally, and began to tell me about this man named Johnny Todd who was converted out of witchcraft. And then I reminded him of the conversation we had uh, about uh, three and a half years before in March of 1974, and I asked if Johnny Todd were the same man he referred to as a converted Druid priest in 1974. He said, yes, Johnny Todd is the man. Well, I've had <clears throat> several occasions to talk with Johnny Todd, and I know that Johnny Todd knows what he's talking about when he talks about witchcraft and uh, other occult organizations. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ saved Johnny Todd out of witchcraft five years ago, and uh, I have personally talked with Johnny Todd on the base of Jack Chick's recommendation. Uh, having known Johnny Todd now for more than four years, and my having known him for some six months, I believe that Johnny Todd is a genuinely converted man, saved by the grace of God out of the depths of Satanism. And uh, without taking any more of his time, Johnny, you have until five minutes till ten. And uh, is your wife always good one? five? I have, I have fifteen after now. Okay, God bless you, John. Johnny Todd. Thank you. Before I start today, I'd like to leave a text with everybody. I try to leave it across the country. When I was saved, I knew absolutely nothing about the Bible except some basic teaching that I had picked up by accident when I was about 10 years old in Nazarene Church when the people that I was being raised by that were in witchcraft found out that I had went to this church. They, as they say, blew their staff. And that was that for going and hearing anything about the Word of God. So everything I know about the Bible I've learned in the last five years. I had some very, very good teachers in San Antonio, a man named Jack Taylor, a Southern Baptist pastor. And when I told him, it was like two days after I was saved, uh, the things that I had come out of and was afraid of and so on, he gave me this scripture as kind of my battle cry text, whatever, throughout the walk in the ministry that I would have later. And I've left it with Christians because in a day and age when we see so much happening around us, we lose sight of who's behind what is happening around us. We lose sight that if it is good and positive, it's the Lord, and if it's evil and rebellious, it's the devil. A lot of times we look at our teenage children and we think that they're the devil, and the teenage children look at the parents and think they're the devil. And we lose sight of really who our enemy is in this warfare that we're in. So I'd like to leave this with you. I'm sure many of you know it. And if you don't, I recommend that you mark it in your Bible and learn it by heart. Ephesians 6.12 For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I didn't bring my Amplified with me today. I was a little rushed as I was late. But uh, the Amplified gives a much clearer description of it. So many times we see political corruption and things going on, and these are a few things that I'm going to discuss today, but we lose sight of who's behind that political corruption. We looked at Nixon's era, we look at some of the things that Jimmy Carter's doing today, and we know they're not Christian deeds, we know that they have nothing to do with the Lord, but we kind of scratch them off to the man. We should scratch them off to the enemy, and then man is not the enemy. I came out of a family that um, was, you know, many of you, how many of you were raised Baptist? We'll start that way. All your life, that's what you were raised from the time you were a little child of Baptist. How many of you were raised in a Christian home? Okay. Okay. Now, so in the Pentecostal churches, uh, which I try to avoid as much as possible, uh, they have a term called homegrown Pentecostal. I guess homegrown Baptist would be just as fashionable. Well, I was a homegrown witch. From the time that I was five years old, I knew nothing but witchcraft. I would have known it sooner, but they didn't discuss it with me. They take you very, very young. And from the even before they start talking about the so-called positive aspects of witchcraft, they talk about the negative aspects of Christianity. So that I'm a, being a Christian is a miracle, not because I wanted out of witchcraft, but that I would consider Christianity the only way out because they brainwash you from very early childhood that the Christian is the most evil being or creature in the universe. That he wants nothing more than to take the everyday witch out and shoot them, burn them, hang them, whatever he can do. And that they are the most hateful beings that ever existed on the same level as maybe Adolf Hitler. So this is what I was raised up to believe. And uh, my last name was Todd, but that was just changed about... 60 years ago, until then, our name was Collins. And the Collins family, my direct tree, was responsible, according to witchcraft history and a few history books that I can find also, was bringing witchcraft to the United States. So uh, when I was 14, and some of you might consider that a very early age, but it wasn't. It was kind of a late age for this. I was initiated into organized witchcraft. In other words, I was made what Brother Rasmussen is. I was made a pastor a minister. I was ordained. In fact, a few years later, when I went to enlist in the service, I didn't have to go because I was drafted simp because I was the ordained minister of a legal recognized church. So, uh, 4D status for a few people who know what that is. I'm sure Brother Edison uh, ordained ministers are exempt. And uh, I enlisted and went through the service until uh, I got into a little shooting incident and uh, uh, Germany, after I'd come back from Vietnam, I'd re-enlisted and went to Germany. And uh, I was getting ready to be court-martialed. In fact, I had everything down pat. I was as good as gone. Uh, we had entered a plea of guilty yeah, for a uh, deal of 35 years and then parole, and they wouldn't even consider it. An officer had been killed in this situation. And I was more or less just waiting to be transferred to Leavenworth to serve the time when, uh, you know, Witchcraft Church, which I thought was just a little group of people that I belonged to, sent a political member of that church, a state senator, two of them, state senator, uh, U.S. senator, and a representative over to Germany 
and they took hold of the situation, and 24 hours later, I was a civilian in the United States with all my time, rank, and an honorable discharge, and my court-martial records didn't exist anymore. And all of a sudden, I realized I wasn't in something that just lit candles and incense and said magic words once in a while and stuck pins and dolls. There was a little more to it than just a religion. And uh, I left New Jersey and went home to Columbus, and I asked my real mother, I have two mothers, I have a foster mother and a real mother, I asked my real mother what I was to do, and she said, here's an envelope of $2,000 and a one-way ticket to New York City. You get there on the next plane, and I'll tell them you're coming. She didn't tell me who she was going to tell if it was coming or anything. But I flew to New York City, and I spent six months learning all new witchcraft. Till then, I had been taught what most of the teenagers learn, and I want to tell the teenagers something here real quick. I'm sure most of you probably go to the school here, but if you were in a regular school, you would meet which is running all over the place. We hear this across the country. Almost every high school has it, especially in California. And they tell the young people lies. They tell them it's DSP. They tell them it's psychic power. They tell them it's spirits of the dead. They tell them everything but what it is. And I was supposed to be a high priest leading a church of, uh, that had 13 ministers to it, plus a couple hundred people in this congregation. And I believe this. And then all of a sudden, for six months, this man, Dr. Buckland, unraveled everything and told me there was a one God, where before we believed there was four, there was one, and his name was Lucifer. And he was very quickly to tell me that wasn't Satan. He didn't want me to get any ideas that Christians could be telling me the truth. I should have thought then that if he had lied, they had lied to me for almost uh, 18 years, they were probably lying to me now. And But I went ahead and believed it for six months. I took lessons in witchcraft that I didn't even know that things could happen that had happened. And then I was transferred to Los Angeles, at OLA, can't seem to get away from it. And for six months, my foster mother taught me something that your pastor is very familiar with, the political situation of the occult. And all of a sudden, I realized that witchcraft wasn't just spellcasting, it had a purpose in mind. And that's when I started getting a little afraid, because when I was 10, as I said, I learned a little about the Bible. It just happened to be all revelations that I learned. And all of a sudden, we were discussing a world ruler that would be personally guided by Lucifer that could gain control of the world supernaturally and take control of people's minds. Of course, they didn't say there was a defense against this. The way they spoke, everybody was affected. They didn't say anything about the blood of Jesus. But uh, we sat there, and for six months I learned the political structure and the history of witchcraft. And then I was taken to Colorado, and I was placed through an initiation into the sixth realm. And this initiation consisted of a blood sacrifice. And from then on I was given a territory of 13 states. This didn't happen to be one of them. This belonged to my foster mother. But I was in charge of all the occult, political, and drug activity in 13 states. And this is where I was in 1972 when I met the Lord. Well, I, at first, for many years, said by accident, but I've come to realize there's no such thing as an accident when it comes to Jesus. He had everything perfectly planned out. But it was a combination of a personal witness to a coffee house, a Jack Chick Publications track, and the movie The Cross and the Switchblade. And a lot of things that... Uh, uh, for instance, one Baptist church praying and fasting that I would get saved. I figured if I got saved, maybe the rest of the witches would follow in suit. It didn't exactly happen that way, but uh, it did put a dent in the situation. So that's uh, quickly, very quickly, my testimony. What I want to do today 
is for the young people and the adults here, I'd like to throw this thing open to question and answer. Because some of you may have run across situations. Some of you may have questions on how to deal with people that are in this. I want to leave one word with you. The only answer to witchcraft, the only way that anybody's ever succeeded in getting out has been through the blood of Christ. Everybody else who's ever tried to get out of witchcraft, and I want to leave this with you, witchcraft is real and supernatural. I remember the minister who witnessed to me said that until he found his daughter in it, he was always, and he was a Baptist pastor, was always raised to believe that witches were fables that flew around on broomsticks on Halloween night. And all of a sudden he woke up and found it was very real. And if you want to find out the power behind it and how it can be defeated, I suggest the 16th chapter of Acts. Paul handled it very nicely. And it's one thing that I can testify to all the teenagers considering the lies that you're born with witchcraft, which is the lie that they give you. When I was saved, and the pastors there at the Baptist church called the demons that were inside me out, I lost all that power of witchcraft. I never regretted it. If the power came from demons, I don't need the demons. So before you teenagers start fooling around with the astrology charts and the Ouija board, check out the 18th chapter of Deuteronomy and find out you'll pick up a demon from doing it. And you pick up one, you keep on going. My foster mother wrote a book, and she said, doing one spell or practicing one seance in witchcraft is like jumping off of a tall mountain or a skyscraper. There's no turning back. It is the strongest addiction that I know. Dave Workerson said that he has seen people go through withdrawal from drugs many times, but seeing one witch go through withdrawal from the occult shattered his mind. And I've helped thousands of people through withdrawal from witchcraft and withdrawal from drugs. And once you've seen the withdrawal that a person goes through from being in witchcraft, you'll think that drugs is something you practice in kindergarten. It's that violent and that destructive without Christ especially. And what I started to say was, nobody has ever succeeded in getting away because they simply will kill you with a spell. Now, Brother Rasmussen knows from testimony from other people who have been around. They haven't been able to do this to me or anybody else that has ever gotten out. A few people had been killed physically that have gotten out that were Christians that got out of witchcraft. But, and they've tried this with me and my wife and so on. But they've never succeeded and we're still very, very much alive. But uh, we have to depend wholly upon Jesus to stay in that situation. And before any of the young people decide that witchcraft is a groovy thing, they will tell you you can get out anytime you want. But once you're in, there's a bounty on your head should you ever leave. And I don't care if you're 13 or 14 years old, the bounty starts at $10,000 and they spend a professional. They don't send an everyday person. If you're wondering why I'm still alive, it isn't easy. I've got the bullet holes in the buildings and the bombed out buildings and everything else, the, the record, and I stand that Jesus kept us alive in every situation. You don't walk into a building that blows up in your face and walk back out without a scratch on you unless the Lord is there to protect you. And the cult is very dangerous. Chick Publications did the Broken Cross, which will be on sale back here today. The only track that I know of that has saved people out of witchcraft. And they did this book. And because of it, they moved to another building with bulletproof glass and bombproof walls. That's the situation. The artist draws his stories at home now in a dwelling that they don't know where he is rather than try and drive to work and be in danger. And uh, Jack, uh, his staff is always on him to be more careful because they're trying 
drive him off the road and stuff. We try to get him to drive a Cadillac that might stand up a little, but he says the Lord can protect him in his Toyota as well as a Cadillac, so he keeps on driving the Toyota. But that's the situation. It is no joke. It is a serious situation. The occult gives up less people to conversion than any other thing. And it's not because they don't want out. They desperately want out. We went to Minneapolis to where they had a convention. We took 10,000 of the Broken Cross there to distribute free, and they were so afraid of this book coming, they canceled the convention. Rather than let it fall in the hands of the people who would be coming from across Europe and across the United States to attend. But people came into our meetings there that came anyway, and they listened. And when they were done, they asked my wife and myself and other ministers, if you can put us in a safe place of protection, we'll come out. They want out. They know that Christianity is the only way, but they're physically afraid to come out. You think the mafia has fear for those that have been watching The Godfather or something? There's no fear compared to the occult people coming after you. But... Uh, we are believing that we will have this situation. Brother Rasmussen will be one of the few people in the United States who will know how to get converts to the refuge that we're preparing. So they're, we're preparing a place not for them to go permanently and hide, but for them to grow in the word and in physical strength so they can go out on their own a live. And Jack Chick will be putting uh, in the back of all his publications on the occult the phone numbers of the different things, and he'll be one of the phone numbers that people can reach and say, we have a convert that's been one out of the occult. How do we get him to this refuge place? And he will be one of the few people in the United States that will know where this place is in the mountains. It'll be that well guarded. So uh, we'll just ask your prayers and your questions now if you've got some. Yeah. Well, 12 years old girls are big, more or less. Uh, They've been known to get down to 10, but they usually start at 12 or 13 and go to 25. And they, for the people who like to hitchhike, this is how they pick them all up. And, of course, the police will just tell the parents the kids run away from school. They use them for sexual and for sacrifice, human sacrifice purposes. For those that are wondering if that is an accident, you're in L.A. County here, right? The L.A. County Sheriff's Department has a very secret undercover thing. I don't even know if you can find out if it exists, but I talked to them. It's called the Occult Squad. They told me in 73 that they found 35 bodies of girls in Los Angeles County that year, and I talked to them in December, that they knew to be human sacrifice, which they listed as great cases to keep it from the public. The statistics that came in so far this year are close to 125, and the year's not even over. Now, that girls that have been used for human sacrifice. And if you all notice, there's quite a few rape cases that happened around Halloween that are in the news right now. And from what we can find out, the circumstances that each death fits human sacrifice. But you'll never hear it, that that's the reason. We turned in four different people that were responsible in the area that I knew about, physics, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, and they arrested all four. They got convictions, and in every conviction, they listed it as rape killing. And they knew better. Yes. Yes, it is. It's listed in the 18th chapter of Deuteronomy as con uh, converting with necromancy or familiar spirits. It's, uh, clairvoyancy. Anything that is psychic is a counterfeit of God's power by the devil. And it was, okay, the woman who was giving fortunes in the 16th chapter of Acts, that was clairvoyancy. When Paul cast the demon out, she couldn't tell fortunes anymore. That settles it right there. 
Yeah. Superstition is a Christian form of witchcraft. Okay. Okay, she asked me if superstition was a form of witchcraft. It's a Christian form of witchcraft. Uh, one thing I want to throw at the young people real quick. In the occult stores, they don't sell Ouija boards, in most of them, in the serious ones. They call it a Christian instrument. They say Christians are the only ones stupid enough to use it. Witches know that the devil runs it. They know more than some of the Christians. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. You want an answer on that? <laughs> oh, I'm glad you asked me about that. Yes, I do. Physical evidence. One, take the exorcism first. The right that the Catholic Church uses for exorcism, they have changed a few words. Just, I think, about six words. Is the witchcraft right of exorcism. It is 8,000 years old. The Catholic Church is not that old. Okay? Next, on the apparitions, it's the same thing as the Spiritualist Church of America or any of the witchcraft organizations. It's called Auras. And if you'll notice, none of them are pure white. Now, coming out of the occult, I know the system of colors. And the principality, uh, there's seven of them. And all the demons under them go by the collar of their leader, their generals. And the occult demon, Rija, appears as a blue snake or a blue mist. I've heard thousands of reports, including Jean Dixon, that her report, that her guides, her spirit guides, familiar spirits, are blue in nature when they communicate with her. And of course, the red is lust and so on. It's a long list. But the saints or aspirations, I want to get into this thing real quick. The Catholic Church's altar, except for the Atame or the Knight, is the exact altar of witchcraft. And according to the reports I can get on the Nicene Council, most of the ministers at the Nicene Council that set that heresy up were from the Temple of Diana, which is witchcraft. So, everything, the bells, the incense, the whole ritual, their holy water is a salt water mixture. This comes from witchcraft, which they do exorcism with. Everything that they do comes out of witchcraft, and they can't get around it. Yes. Okay. Did everybody hear that question? Okay. He wants me to explain the Council of Thirteen. I'll explain what that is. You were probably wondering. And uh, what their purpose or thrust is. Okay. All right. If you'll all, just give you a second. Reach in your billfold. You can put in the offering plate later. Reach in your billfold and take out a $1 bill real quick. We'll settle the whole thing. I'll let you ask your federal government later how this got on the $1 bill. Okay. On the back of the $1 bill, you'll see the crest with the pyramid in it. Now, Dr. Rasmussen has upstairs the whole crest. You only have the words left out of it on the block. But there are sections. His is a little behind time. There's a few new organizations. His dates back to the 1800s. But that pyramid in the Illuminati consists of three pyramids and a sphinx. But their crest is this crest. The Illuminati is the occult organization that we belong to. It means the light bearers. The witches call it Mariah, the conquering wind. But it's 
the capstone above. The eye is Lucifer. The triangle of the capstone is the tribunal of the Rothschild family, which is called the Holy Family. They lead the Illuminati. They are, would be Paul, Peter, for the Catholics, all the saints, and Mary and everybody wrote into one, in the Pope. They are the voice. The doctrine of the occult teaches that Lucifer comes and sets at their dining room table. When they see the table, they leave. Thirteen chairs out, and the thirteenth one is for Lucifer to set in himself. They set him a plate and everything. Now, I've been there in the mansion, and I've seen this go on. And they, in turn, direct to the top block of that pyramid. And that top block is the Council of Thirteen of the Grand Druid Council, which I was a member of. Now, the Druid system of government is not that the politicians run everything. It is the same system that Rome had. The priests let whoever wants to rule the government, but the priests must rule the ruler. Now, I'll let that sink on you for a while. And I want to throw this in, we'll cause a lot of controversy, I'm sure, but it's a fact. Since the time of World War Wilson, including him, there has never been a president of the United States that was not an Illuminati, that did not belong. Now, that'll shatter a few people's ideas about a Christian president right now, but it's a fact anyway. And the Grand Druids, Although they're just every, supposedly everyday people like me, you look at me now, I'm, I'm this way, I was a different way when I was in witchcraft. And part of my authority was whatever governors, senators, or political people were in my area took direct political orders from me, which I in turn did not think of, but simply translated to them from the orders that we got from London, from the Rothschild family. Now that's the Council of 13. The thrust is that when I left in 72, they had a chart that said in eight years, eight years, they would have the whole world. And from remembering that chart, I haven't seen one thing through the news media not happen on schedule according to that chart. I would say that that's about right. I would say the word today would be Maranatha, that he's coming real quick. Because theirs is coming real quick. They have it. It's not that far away. Okay. Yeah. It'd be easy to give you the names who aren't. About 99%. Okay. The man who pulled me out of jail became an attorney general under Ford. Was William Saxby. Well, that gives you a few names to start with. The best way is to find out who belongs to the CFR or who belongs to the CFR. Yeah. Not the way it's been written. Uh, it's a little ridiculous. I know I'm going to step on a few people's toes who have read about the Illuminati, but uh, oh, he asked me what part Zionism played in the Illuminati. Rothschild and a few people in the Illuminati were born Jews, but they're not Jews. You can get in the Word of God and find it. Um, we got a little bit. The system is this. With the same books that proclaim that the Illuminati is a Jewish organization, also proclaim that the Illuminati is a Luciferian organization. You can't have both. A true Jew believes in Yahweh. A Illuminati person, and I'm not a Jew, and I was a leader of the Illuminati, believes in Lucifer, the God of light, peace, love, blah, 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 and so on. 
has nothing to do with the saints because they might be a few Jews born and they might have some ties with Zionism, bloodlines, but the organization itself has nothing to do with Jewism at all. It is totally 100% Druid occult, and that's its purpose. In fact, the reason that the Rothschilds even still reside in London is because England is considered to the witches the same as Palestine is considered to us. It is the Holy Land. He takes pilgrimages there. You stop off and kiss the stones on the Rothschild mansion for luck and so on and so forth. If by some chance you happen to meet a Rothschild and he gives you a blessed sign or a blessed bee, then your whole life is set. It's that type of nature. But it has nothing to do. There is an interesting thing, though, I'd like to throw in. A lot of witches do wear the thing called the Star of David. David was long dead before that star was ever drawn. His son drew it. And it's called the hexagram, and the word to curse with the hex comes from the hexagram. And when witches practice magic, they draw a five-pointed star to stand in, and they call demons up in the evil sign, what we call the Star of David. So before Christians start tying around their neck, that's called the demon star, or the death star. And that's why it was drawn. For a few people that might be confused about the Solomon aspect, when he backslid, he became the most holiest person in the occult. Everything that we practice are based upon books that he wrote and pictures that he drew when he backslid. Well, including that exorcism right you asked about, he wrote it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll give you an Okay, she asked if they're behind witchcraft programs that are coming on. I'm going to give you two quick examples. For one, I was telling this across the country, the most disastrous film that has ever come out pro-witchcraft, thousands of people that are Christians are going to go watch and are watching. I was told by a bunch of Christian people across the United States and every city I went to, you got to go see this movie. There's no sex. There's no violence. There's, you know, it's, it's just an old kind of, um, how would you put it, um, I can't think of the guy in the 30s that was a sequence, an outer space movie, Flash Gordon type picture. So I went and watched it. It used words and beliefs that are the innermost beliefs in witchcraft. They're not even the ones spoken of in the open. And witches don't call it witchcraft. They call it the Force. It's called Star Wars. And the whole thing is centered around two-thirds of the movie is based on the force. That you're stronger when you die, you're reincarnated, you receive guides from people who are dead. It's ESP. That you, that it's, see, the biggest line about witchcraft is that it's not bad. It's neither good nor bad. It's the person that's good or bad. And this movie emphasized that a lot. That witchcraft was okay as long as you were a good person. So, adults, before you let them go. And the other one I want to hit real quick is how many remember Bewitched? Probably one of the main reasons that witchcraft grew it in Dark Shadows. They were, Bewitched was written by a witch. The belief of witchcraft is you're born a witch and that the mortals or everyday people who don't practice are dummies. You remember that in the thing? Well, they never got into, it was more of a comedy, they never got into witches' ceremonies or Sabbaths or anything like that. Last night, a person asked me to watch who had gotten to read the script of the new one, Tabitha. 
So I watched it. It had witchcraft all through it. Real witchcraft. Ceremony, Halloween, everything. They're coming out stronger now. You better watch what your kids turn on the TV set. There hasn't been a witchcraft movie that had anything to do with Satan in the last five years that Satan didn't win openly in the picture. Tabitha, bewitched. I know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know. I've got reports on it. I was in witchcraft back then. I know what was going on. Yeah. Uh, wasn't there a woman who had a lot to do with the show by the name of Louise Hubner? That's my foster mother. Yeah. What now? Usually through the... See, the Illuminati names don't use much anymore, except by everyday people who find out about it. Witches don't use it. The organization doesn't use it. And each country has a... The Mariah is the occult part, and the political part has a name in each country. And the United States is called the Council of Foreign Relations. That's mainly how they got into it. They mainly got into it because you can't become a president. You may think you elect a president, but I'm here to tell you, you elect whoever they put up. And when I was saved in 72, I got on a television broadcast that went throughout southern Texas, New Mexico, and so on. And it's, they still got the tape down. It was on a talk show called The Seven Club in the morning. And I had a minister from the church there with me, Ed Human. And they asked me the political aspect that would be happening. Now, this was the election of Nixon and McGovern at the time. And I said a few things I don't want to really get into right now because we don't have the time. But one of the things I said was that the last election that would happen, the president, the next one that was coming up, the one that just happened, the president that would be elected would be the last president elected in the United States. That doesn't mean it'll be the last election, it just means he'll be the last president. And that when he was elected, he was so important to be elected that the person who would run against him would also be Illuminati. That they wouldn't allow anybody else to get the nomination from the other party. And that he would purposely do everything during his campaign, the other party, in this case Ford, to throw that election. And if you'll look back on it, I think you'll see things that he did that proved that lost many, many votes, and many almost won anyway. I think it would have been disastrous if he had won to them, not to us. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, yeah. We have talked with Reagan's son and other people, and they have told us of violent threats, bribes, death threats, assassination attempts, and everything that never reached the news media that went on during the uh, nomination thing for the Republican Party. Yeah. That ain't easy. I've got a first grader that uh, went to school, and every day she came home, she said, Daddy, here it is, throw it in the trash can during the Halloween season. The goblins, the ghosts, the witches, the stuff they cut out. She understood. She says, oh, well, Thanksgiving and Christmas is coming up. She understood. Halloween had absolutely nothing to do with Christianity. Christians shouldn't even touch it with a ten-foot pole. It comes from the word shaman, which means the day the dead come back and talk. It was invented by witches, 
capitalized on by the Catholics, but nothing in it has to do with Christians. Nothing. Who wants to celebrate a day that witches sacrificed thousands of people throughout the world on? Yes. White magic and black magic is a Catholic term. When they were burning people at the stake for being witches, they wanted to protect themselves that practiced it. So they invented the term white witchcraft or white magic and black magic. Witches, in their books, will tell you that it doesn't exist as it was mentioned in Star Wars. And yet, when they're trying to convert a Christian, they will say they're white witch and not a black witch. And yet they'll tell you in their books it doesn't exist, which means they'll say anything to convert you. But uh, there is no such thing. The devil is evil, and you can't whitewash him or anything he does. You can call it ESP, but it's still witchcraft. Yeah. Hypnosis is of the devil. Plain and simple. Yeah. charismatic realm theirs is feeling and not word I go into charismatic churches and speak I know and I want to tell you something there. they can't understand why they have no young people they can't understand why the young people are practicing witchcraft it's because they've never been taught the word they've been trying to give a form of discipline without love strong discipline no love to go with it and no word just emotion and then they wonder why somebody is saved three months and then in the world three months later a good example of this is Melody Land. It's got to probably be one of the worst churches in Calvary Chapel in the United States. Because it gives absolutely, they have a whole Bible college. They teach nothing but emotion and theory. They don't teach the Word. Well, as long as you, well, one thing real quick here. Satanists believe in Satan. Witches do not. And there is a difference. Witches are taught that Satan and hell is a lie. I would say for hours before I ever knew there was a devil. I concentrate on the scripture. I concentrate on the 16th chapter of Acts and Rome, I mean, Ephesians 6.12, the 18th chapter of Deuteronomy. Please don't quote, oh, uh, we suffer a witch to die. Please don't quote that to them. They scare them to death. But uh, work on the love and work on the scripture, but leave the devil and hell out of it if they're a witch. How much? Uh, certain groups use it. Other groups don't touch it. Okay? In fact, it's capital punishment to touch it. The death sentence. But uh, some use it, but they twist it. They Johnny, take it out of context. Okay. Time. Stay here just a moment, Johnny. Uh, <clears throat> during the preaching service, which will start in about five minutes, I'm going to be preaching a message on the real cure for witchcraft and all bondage. And uh, we invite you to stay for that. Then at 11.15, uh, Johnny Todd will speak again in this building, and we'll have him continue from where he has uh, left off so that he will not be repeating himself. You can ask more questions. So if you'll just stay through the preaching service at uh, 11.15, the second uh, Sunday school session will start, and uh, Johnny Todd will continue from uh, the point of having left off. But first, I'd like to ask just a couple of questions, Johnny. Uh, a few years ago, I became interested in the subject of Freemasonry, and I'm wondering, is the witchcraft initiation anything like the uh, Masonic initiation? First level witchcraft and first level masonry initiation is identical. 
The only difference is that my wrist was cut and I signed a blood pack and that I was nude and they are clothed. That's the only difference. The words, the acts, the tying, the blindfolds, the charge, everything, even the pledge of secrecy is exactly the same. There's no difference. And the sixth level initiation of witchcraft blood sacrifice is the same initiation to the highest level of masonry, the 35th. It's called the ride of the warrior on the block. 35th degree. The 35th Which most of our politicians are 35th degree masons. Yeah. There's no such thing as a warlock. If you're witnessing to a witch, please, unless it's a Satanist, please call him a wizard or a witch. If you've got to call him anything except idiot. Uh, well, that's true. I was an idiot. I mean, anybody that's in it is. But uh, go ahead. Finish your question. They don't believe in hell. They believe they, when they die, they will come back in another life. Okay? In other words, it's deception. All right. Remember again, Johnny Todd will speak here again at 11.15. So... After a year's worth of training, initiated to the sixth level or grand druid position of witchcraft, I sat on a council of 13 people that take orders only from the Rothschild Tribunal in London, which they claim they take their orders directly from Lucifer. And that's why they reside. Somebody was asking me if some of the Rothschilds lived in California. Not those directly related to the tribunal. They won't leave England. Some live in France, but they always come over to England because they believe that England is the place that Lucifer is most fluent and can speak to them more in person than he could anywhere else. And from talking to Christians in England, they estimate there's only 2% of the population are Christians in this uh, Great Britain country. So uh, they have quite a fluent time over there. In fact, some friends of mine just brought pictures back of where they're building homes with broomstick poles coming out of the chimney for the witch spirits to land on to bless their homes. These aren't ignorant people. These are the new million dollar mansions that are going up. It's not just a superstition. The country has really gone back to witchcraft. It was originally total witchcraft. So uh, this is the atmosphere I came out of. I was saved in Labor Day of 72 in San Antonio to a movie, The Crossing the Switchblade, a uh, coffee house ministry that belonged to a Baptist church there, and then later deliverance through that Baptist church. I've been ministering with people in the occult, and uh, in the last year, my main ministry has been to Christians playing with the occult. And uh, we're going to demonstrate that in a minute here, but uh, this is what our ministry outlook has been. We just in uh, September went to Minneapolis-St. Paul area, which is where the occult owns one of their Bible colleges, their printing company, Llewellyn. After a year's worth of training, initiated to the sixth level or grand druid position of witchcraft, I sat on a council of 13 people that take orders only from the Rothschild Tribunal in London, which they claim they take their orders directly from Lucifer. And that's why they reside. Somebody's asking me if some of the Rothschilds live in California. Not those directly related to the tribunal. They won't leave England. Some live in France, but they always come over to England because they believe that England is the place that Lucifer is most fluent and can speak to them more in person than he could anywhere else. And from talking to Christians in England, they estimate there's only 2% of the population are Christians in this uh, Great Britain country. So uh, they have quite a fluent time over there. In fact, some friends of mine just brought pictures back of where they're building homes 
with broomstick poles coming out of the chimney for the witch spirits to land on to bless their home. These aren't ignorant people. These are the new million-dollar mansions that are going up. Not just the superstition. The country has really gone back to witchcraft. It was originally total witchcraft. So uh, this is a atmosphere I came out of. I was saved in Labor Day of 72 in San Antonio to a movie, The Crossing the Switchblade, a uh, coffee house ministry that belonged to a Baptist church there, and then later deliverance through that Baptist church. I've been ministering with people in the occult, and uh, in the last year, my main ministry has been to Christians playing with the occult. And uh, we're going to demonstrate that in a minute here. But uh, this is what our ministry outlook has been. We just, in uh, September, went to Minneapolis-St. Paul area, which is where the occult owns one of their Bible colleges, their printing company, Willem. Uh, through Christians giving, we bought 10,000 of the broken cross to distribute free there. We went there and we worked for two weeks there through the state fair and other things that was going on and had a hotline set up for them to call in and they knew we were coming and they canceled their convention. It was booked close to a half a million people were scheduled to appear at their convention and they can't cost them thousands and thousands of dollars. And the stories that the best we could get was they were too afraid that this broken cross would get in their hands since it has been the leading instrument for stopping people in joining and getting those that were in. And uh, they called this convention the Aquarian Arts Festival completely off. First time it's been done so in years. And uh, we're going back there. In fact, Friday and Saturday, we're going back for five meetings in the Air Force. The people who put the uh, second $100,000 on my head came out of Minneapolis because of the last time we were up there. So uh, be in prayer for my safety while we're up there. I would really appreciate your prayer. It was kind of hairy the last time we were up there. But this is my background, and uh, I want to say one thing before we start here for those that are newcomers. The organization that I came out of is a cult in religion, not in purpose. Its purpose is political and financial power, complete world rule through finance which they believe would control the political atmosphere. It's been called by many people the Illuminati, which is called Mariah. In the United States, it's called the Council of Foreign Relations. It has many, many names wherever you go. I met Dr. Rasmussen because he had come across it through the Masons. I've met people who have come across it through political things, through financial and banking, and wherever people have seen it, they have thought that's exactly what it was. It was either in one of those realms. I came out of a realm where I knew better came off of a council that was in charge of dishing money out and political orders. In my area, I had 5,000 COVIDs. That meant I had 65,000 priests and priestesses. That wasn't the congregation. That was just the ministers. I saw a, a movie by Hal Lindsey on the occult where he said he believed there were 5,000 witches in the United States. There are 25,000 witches in Los Angeles City alone. So he was way under, way under short. From the statistics that we are seeing right now, it is the fastest growing religion in the United States and definitely in the world. And the reason it is doing this is because it has its financial power and it's because the Christians, most of them, do not know their words and therefore are afraid of it and therefore do not witness to the people that are in it. And uh, we have not had much success in the last couple of years because they have stepped up the death threats within the occult for people leaving. It's like a Berlin Wall. And the people were afraid to come out when we were there. We were in a meeting one night where we had over 5,000 people in one meeting. In that meeting, 1,500 of them were initiated priests and priestesses of witchcraft that had attended the meeting. And hundreds came up and told ministers, myself and my wife later, 
they would come out if we could guarantee them a safe place to go until they were strong enough to be on their own. We didn't have such a place. We're trying to prepare such a place now. And if you're interested in helping in such a place, get with Dr. Rasmussen when he comes back from this trip. Communicate with him your desire on this, since he will be one of the few people who will know where this place is and be able to send people to it. It will be completely hidden and secret. We had one once before in Phoenix, and three people were killed there one night because some pastors interfered with the security of the place, and uh, the occult was watching, and they came in and machine-gunned to death three girls and wounded the worker. The girls were ages 15 to 18. They do not play games, and this is why we tell the young people, don't go, because they'll tell you to come in, it's nice, it's loving, it's a brotherhood, and you get in, and once you're initiated, you find out, It'll cost them $10,000 if you try to leave, but they'll send it. That's the minimum bounty they put on anybody's head getting out, and they don't care how young they are. So it's not a game. It's a real world out there. So uh, that's some quick background, a few words to the young people, how this takes like we did this morning, the questions and answers. Many of you were here, and I know you have questions and answers from this morning's service. Okay? Since you asked that question, I wanted to do something this morning I forgot. If you will take out some pencil paper, a few of you, I'm going to give you some facts. Now, we hear a lot of, of things rolled out on things, but I want to give you facts so that when you come up to somebody, especially just young people fooling with rock music, you'll have some facts. Now, I want to say one thing before we get started. Young people have been running all over saying hi, they're friendly to me. They're going to want to lynch me when this is over. But young pe people, you'll just have to understand that I came out of a world that I saw something you don't see when you turn on the radio. Parents, if you're letting to compromise with your young people, them having rock music in your home, which you as Christian parents own and are responsible to the Lord for, then you're wrong. And I recommend you go home right now and throw it in the trash can immediately. And this is the reason why. You see groups up on the television and on the, you hear them on the radio and in concert and stuff. And, and uh, you don't see the behind the scenes. Now, here's one fact. Zodiac Productions, the leading Texas publication. It's changed its name now, but it was Zodiac Productions when I was with it. I was supposedly the owner of it. The occult owned it. And it was the leading source of concerts in Texas. Its office was in San Antonio. Because I was supposedly the owner, I met most of the groups in existence then. There are a few that have come out since then, but it's still the same type of thing. Almost all of them believe openly in the occult in one way or the other. Most are into Satanism. Now, how many Christians and young people remember from Billy Jack, One Ten Soldier, the song? A few of you? Okay. The group you heard on the radio called Original Cast. They always said it was done by the Original Cast. The name of the group that was the Original Cast is Coven. was led by Tom Laughlin's daughter. Tom Laughlin played Billy Jack, his wife. His son, David, who produced it, and both his daughters are into Satanism. In fact, they produced the only eight-track out on a complete Satanist step-by-step ceremony done by COVID. And that's the group who did One Ten Soldier. And I've seen all of the movies except the new one that's coming out. And every one of the Billy Jack movies are anti-Christian, pro-occult. The trial of Billy Jack dealt with demons and had more... Ceremonies of witchcraft and Satanism in, in it, and it had anything about a trial of Billy Jack. And it was constant step-by-step -step ceremonies. It was reincarnation. Familiar spirits entered his body in the first Billy Jack and spoke to him, if you remember. Over and over, it came through. Now, that's one group. Rolling Stones. 
Mick Jagger has told openly, over and over on television, I don't know where our Christian young people were when it was going on, that when he was in jail before the stones was ever formed, he sold his soul to the devil. That's impossible, but he did it in he sold his soul to the devil to become the leading rock group in the nation, plus get out of prison. He is the leading rock group in the nation, in the world. He has wrote songs praising the devil. And I know the devil gave it to him because the devil always thinks on himself. And in one song that Jagger wrote, he said, it's not that I fool you who I am. Everybody knows who the devil is. It's the nature of my game that's confusing you. And this is why it is with Satan. See, we've got a little set of rules that Satan's supposed to obey, but he don't obey us. It's like the Illuminati. They own countries. They don't pick sides in a war. They cause a war and put both countries against each other, even though both countries belong to them. They don't have sides. They have a purpose. Satan has every religion except that which is under the blood of Jesus. That's where the confusion of the game is. We try to rationalize things good or bad, and we can't do that. We rationalize things Jesus or the devil. That's where you draw the line. But Jagger over and over, and that goes with rock music too. Don't try to rationalize it's good or bad. It's bad. Now, I want to give you an incident that will kind of sum it up. I did meet most of them. Most of them were in the occult, but most of them were on drugs. Now, I want to say something real quick here. How many remember a group called Bloodstone, or Blood Rock, I think it was? DOA, the song DOA. They did the song while they were on acid. They got the words. I talked to the guy, he said a demon, well he didn't call it a demon, he called it the spirit of this girl that he knew that had died in a car accident. It was a demon impersonating the girl. Appeared to him and gave him during this acid trip the notes, the words, and everything. They filed it with a copyright lawyer. The day after the copyright lawyer filed it, another group came in that was well known at that time and filed the same song, note for note, word for word, and when I was in the occult, I thought it was interesting enough to check it up because I wrote for an occult newspaper and I put the story in the paper. They got it the same way. On an acid trip, the same night, from a demon in a, imitating a spirit of somebody they had known that had died. Most rock musicians get their music while on drugs or from spirit guides, which are demons. That's what the, your young people are buying and paying for. Now, I'll give you something supernatural you can file away if you don't want to receive it or take it home and and get in the Word and see if it's possible. When witches write a book, they cast a spell over the book so it'll sell. And they order a demon to go into every copy that comes off the press. So when you own a book on witchcraft, you have a demon residing in your home, free of charge. The musicians who do the music that are in witchcraft do the same things to the record album. The same thing. So when you see that friendly little album spinning on your thing, ask yourself, was the musician a witch? Did he cast a spell over the album that the devil would have a pact in my home because I owned the records? There's more to it than records and books. And this morning, you remember, I gave the text and I meant to get into this sin because it fits the text. Your warfare is not physical, it's spiritual. And every Christian should memorize Ephesians 6.12 and stand on it. Look beyond what you see with these. And look and know that the devil has got, what, thousands and thousands of years of experience. And unless we think that the mind of Christ, he's going to walk all over us. And that's why you stay under the blood. A young man came up and asked me today, can a witch cast a spell on a Christian? He can cast it on any Christian that's not living the life. If you want to fence straddle, you're a wide open target for any witch in the world. If you want to stay under the blood and you want to walk the line and, and be within the word and within the spirit of God and wear the full armor of God, then you're going to be fine. Well, I think all of us know what it means when we 
come to church and sit in the service and then go out and live like the devil all week long and think we're immune to anything of the devil. If you're going to live in his territory, he's going to live in yours. And that includes the rock music. I go along on that question, but I cannot miss the rock music. The main reason that young people go into witchcraft today is through the music. As I've told people, rock music didn't come out with Elvis Presley. It's thousands of years old. If you take it away, witches can't do witchcraft. They can't function without the music. It's a third of their power. You think about it. Many modern churches know who their source of power is anyway. Yes. You would. You would. All right. The question was, the question was this morning, that I mentioned the chart that I had seen this morning, or I mentioned this morning, that I had seen, and when I saw the chart, it was August the 1st, 1972, for those that want to write it down, and I was saved in Labor Day, just shortly before I was saved. It was one of the main reasons I got saved. I wanted out after I saw the chart. The chart was a complete timetable that gave the Illuminati complete world control minus China. I want to specify that. Minus China in eight years. Reason minus China, they plan on taking China completely out. It's too unruly to try and rule. They plan on wiping it out. And so I'll let that settle with you for a minute. And it gave him complete world control and religious control in eight years. Now the question was, what did the energy crisis and what did Jimmy Carter have to do with it? Okay. I'll ask a question before I answer that. How many here honestly believe if you don't believe now, this counts if you believe during the election time, that Jimmy Carter is a Christian president, or is a Christian, period. Huh? I mean, any time from during the time he was running as candidate till now, if any time during that time you thought he was a Christian, maybe voted for him because he was a Christian. See, we have some intelligent people here. <laughs> I didn't mean it the way it came out. But it's, it's simply, the reason that I got saved was because of Jimmy Carter. You don't sit at a table remembering Bible that you were taught when you were a young person and have people come in with a letter from the Rothschild signed with their crest saying, we have a man and name him that will be the world ruler and stay a witch. And the name was Jimmy Carter. I want you to start looking at, of course, you got to accept and throw away half of what you see on the television news today. I recommended to Christians in the last year that they buy a shortwave receiver and receive news broadcasts throughout the world. You'll find out in 30 days... You missed two-thirds of what really happened. But uh, and you also find out the Lord's really close after listening to it for about a month. But uh, the energy crisis is going to be the reason for the war, for the Third World War. It is their main objective. They believe through the energy crisis they will gain control of the world. That's what they've been waiting on. And if you believe there's an energy crisis, then you're dumber than some of the witches that are still witches. Yeah. The Church of Scientology was formed by... A witchcraft coven in California originally that its leader came from England on express orders of the Rothschild. Uh, there are a few religions we can't prove physically belong to the organization, but we have seen funding go their way. Now, as I have done quite a few bit of investigation since I was saved because of facts I heard when I was in witchcraft, don't just look at obscene religions like Scientology, Jehovah Witness, Mormonism. Look at even Christian churches within Bible-believing denominations. There was a couple, quote, Jesus people, garbage churches, that began a few years ago in L.A., Costa Mesa, and so on. They had a few hundred kids. All of a sudden, the pastors move into a half a million dollar home, and the churches are taking their offerings out in armored cars. Now, where did they get the funds to buy a $2 million building overnight? They were preaching gospel, 
Now they're preaching trash. One of them is responsible for the so-called Jesus rock that has ruined half of the good Christian young people today. Now, I never have to speak against anything unless I go check it out. And I went down to Costa Mesa, and I saw something that bordered witchcraft on their open concert night at Calvary Chapel on Saturday night. There were people shoving and beating on each other just to get a seat in that place. And they turned hundreds away. Nothing was mentioned about Jesus, and a homosexual was leading the service. And you had to have been blind not to see it. And it was a total acid rock type concert in the name of Jesus. Now, that's the same group that puts out all your love song albums and, and all this stuff that people listen to. So, I try to warn as I go along things that you found out it's up to Christians. It's like Paul said, if you think meat's not a sin, eat it. If you think it is, don't eat it. And if you want to buy what I'm saying, I think your walk will get a little stronger if you want to... Keep on listening to stuff. I can look at Christians and tell how strong they are in the Lord and where they're walking with him by the type of music they're listening to. And then I, I'm this way. If I find something in my life that I don't want to give up, I'll usually give it up. Because, you know, it's, it's that simple. When you don't want to give something up, the devil's usually trying to get you to hang on to it. Do I subscribe to Oral Roberts being a member of witchcraft? Oral Roberts, if you'll check into it, used to, and this is fact, it's fact you can find in books. Before he ever considered laying hands on the sick, that they would recover, a Cherokee medium told him that he could do it. And he used to attend her seances regularly, okay? What he is now, I can't say. I only know the fact of what he was. I was once a witch, so, you know, he could be a Christian. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, I know that he's gotten out of more of the Pentecostal charismatic and become more scriptural based on the Bible than on feeling now than he used to be. And I've known many ministers that were once witchcraft ministers under the guise of Christians that had just changed mid-river and became Christians. But they, rather than ruin their ministry, they'd never told anybody. And there are a few that I know that used to be on the payroll, the Illuminati, that are now Christians. So I don't know. Yeah. No. All right. question is, can a demon possess a Christian? No. Can a demon influence a Christian? Yes. Yes. I was saved, born again, two weeks, and trying desperately to make it. Before the other ministers in the Baptist church I was at decided that I was never going to make it unless they got what I had invited in me in witchcraft out of me because it was still there. It had lost control. Before, I couldn't do anything it didn't want me to do. But from the time I accepted Jesus, that broke the control. But it had influence in my life still that had to go. And for those that have been on drugs and those that have been in the occult, and there have been a few that come up and told me so, They'll, they'll probably bear witness that they have. This is what I was talking about earlier, the, the withdrawal. A lot of it went when I went through the occult withdrawal, which is worse than drug withdrawal. It is tremendously worse. A person that has come out of witchcraft that has been in it strongly and demon worship in particular can be one minute just sitting there really talking about the Lord, holding scripture, and the next minute knocking anybody down between you and the door. I've seen them claw off the wall with their bare fingers trying to claw out of the room they were going through the withdrawal in just to get out. Because the force on the other side was calling them back to them, the other witches. This is what they do first. Then if they can't get you back, then they try and kill you supernaturally. That don't work on a Christian, so they try and... It's really funny. Most witches have given up the aspect of trying to kill me supernaturally shortly after I was saved. This is how they tried first. I went to Minneapolis, and they hadn't got the message, evidently. So they started casting spells, which didn't work at all, but you could fill them in the air. And then, when they found out that didn't work after a week, then they took the boat, but they hadn't gotten the message yet. But they're slowly learning they can't cast on a Christian if the Christian is sold out. 
I'm sure a few people know there's those that have Jesus as Savior and then there's those that have Jesus as Lord. Yes. My wife was saved in a meeting a few years after I was saved. And she, her title was Lady Diana. That was her witch name. She was the state high priestess. She ruled everything in the state of Ohio that was in witchcraft. She was also the witch queen of one of the denomination or brotherhood, the Watchers. On a scale in this country of maybe 1 to 25, she was probably the 10 most powerful witch in the United States for my salvation. And she has close to $50,000 on her head because she's come out, not because she's married me, just because she got saved. And we took her into a rehabilitation ministry, and then later we started dating and were married and so on. But uh, she does a fine ministry. Right now she's just about ready to deliver a baby. She thinks she might even have it today. So uh, she's not exactly ministering lately. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, let me take about five minutes here. The question is, is human sacrifice practiced in witchcraft? I have to be kind of careful since a police officer is present here without incriminating myself or something. But uh, the Broken Cross was written by myself and Jack Chick. When it was reproduced, the guy who was doing the wording in the book, you know, writing our story for now, changed a few words. He thought we're stronger. He changed the word witchcraft to Satanism a couple places. And he changed the word Lucifer to Satan. That messed up the book. We didn't catch it until just recently, all these years. I've been reading it, just kind of skipping over it, because it means the same thing in my mind. But when a witch who doesn't believe in Satan reads it, it blows the whole thing. Because it wasn't written on Satanism, it was written on witchcraft. So the next printing coming out, they're changing the words back the way they're supposed to be. Satanism practices a form of, of sacrifice in some groups. Witches practice it more. To the everyday witch, that's a lie, I'm telling you. There's a few witches here in the congregation tonight that I know. Yeah. But there's a few here also that are in the human sacrifice, and they know I'm not lying. And when you get up into a higher level, fourth, fifth, or sixth, you find out that the power rests with blood sacrifice. You become what is called a human challenge. In other words, you are proving to Satan through the blood and the death of this person that you are sold totally out to him, although they don't believe in Satan. You're proving it to Lucifer. I always, the things that always puzzled me was if we were worshiping a God of love, peace, and joy, why were we killing somebody to worship him? It was one of the things I could never understand. But uh, this is the, the thing that goes on. One of the books most interesting that proves it, I'm saying this for witches that are present, not the Christians, leave it alone, is the Aleister Crowley Library where he was involved in human sacrifice and he was a master magician or witch or wizard, whatever term they want to use. So it does go on. And in fact, to become a six-level witch, you must perform it. It's just like when they, they tell, now this is for the women, not the men, when they tell the young girls getting into witchcraft that homosexuality has nothing to do with witchcraft. In order to become a high priest, the girl must be bisexual. She must perform a bisexual act. So see, every level you go to, they tell you a different story. And they tell you the people below aren't ready to receive it yet. And so every step you go up the ladder, everything you've been told before is a lie, and all of a sudden you learn new truth. The only type of witches that are kind of ignorant, there are a couple of them here today, are the self-proclaimed witches, the ones who are practicing outside the organization on their own, and they think they know it all. It says, they'll find out one of these days when an enforcer comes from the organization and tells them you either join or you die. Then they'll find out it's not a game anymore. See, it's just like the mafia. You don't function on anything else. Let's take a few minutes back here with Lucy. What? Oh, I think it started in the garden, since the main lie of witchcraft is God's self, and that's the lie that Lucifer, Satan, gave Adam and Eve in the garden. Uh, we can find it starting in uh, 
before the flood and going on through. Of course, uh, we had um, uh, Neiman, who hunted the souls of man, who sacrificed babies. Uh, I want to say one thing since you brought that up. Astrology comes from Babylon. The high priests of Babylon were called the Chaldeans, and they invented astrology. It is the cornerstone of witchcraft spell casting. If you take astrology away, witches can't cast spells. And the 18th chapter of Deuteronomy lists the death sentences that the Jews used to have on them for doing things and following the stars as one. So when somebody comes up and says, what sign are you, say the sign of the cross. Now I'm going to tell you something. In witchcraft, they have a belief that says you are what you are when you were born. You can never change, okay? There is no miracle salvation in their doctrine. I was a Taurus, and I had all the personality of a Taurus till I was saved. I have none of that personality now. You do change through the blood. If you want to believe that you are born a certain way and have a certain personality, fine. Take the blood of Jesus Christ and you'll find out if you walk in the Bible, you'll all have one personality, that of Jesus. And his wasn't any particular sign. So um, I get Christians who come up all the time and want me to, to give them permission, you know, by saying, yeah, astrology's all right, don't worry about it. And I, it amazes me. They'll ask me and I'll say no, and they'll ask me again and I'll say no, and they'll ask me again and I'll say no, and they keep on asking me and I'm still saying no. You know, and they go through it about eight times. I guess they think they'll break me down eventually. The answer is no. Astrology belongs to the devil. God doesn't use the stars. They say, what about the wise men? The wise men weren't astrologers. They were astronomers. A new star appeared, not a new fortune under the stars. But if you take the times and the seasons and astrology away from a witch, they can't cast spells because spells are based upon astrology. So if you want to read Gene Dixon or Louise Schubner in the newspaper, that's your choice. You're the one that's going to have to face our Lord for it. Yeah. I'm um, glad you brought that up. Okay, for the tape recorders bit and a few people who didn't hear it. Hey, is in the health business, and, he, and it, you know, Christians are interested, especially now, I've been noticing, in better health, and I know I'm glad this church particularly is, but he seems to attract in his business. We have a health food store, uh, the occult. Okay, now this is why. The occults teach good health. They teach herbs. They teach uh, vitamins and food, but they don't obey it. It's just like witches teach they are pagan. That's the word for the witchcraft religion. You're a pagan. Meaning you should be a country folk. And many witches have tried to move to the country, and 30 days later they're crying and moving back to the city. They can't stand the country. They can't function without people around them. They have a lot of doctrines, but they can't keep them. And the health food is one of the doctrines. It's the devil trying to counterfeit something out of the word of God that he can't keep. That's it. And I remember I always tried to do this and do that and healthy. How? I weighed 149 pounds doing $150 worth of mainline, mainline shooting speed a day. How am I healthy? They can't keep it because the drugs and the excitement of the city spoils it. They've got to have it to draw power and energy. They have to be where more demons that people are because it's like a, a dynamo of power. It's without you know, getting into the deliverance message here, that's the quickest explanation I can know. I know that when I first got saved, I wouldn't touch the health food thing because I heard about it in the occult. So I started realizing we didn't practice it in the occult. We were just trying to counterfeit it. So I'm very, very much into it. The only problem is a lot of the good things that I have to get come from the Mormon church. So I know, and that's what you mentioned, and the Mormon. But it's, again, a counterfeit. The Mormons try to counterfeit a good, quote, Christian home life. They don't accomplish it very well, but they try to do it. So, uh, if we threw everything out that the devil tries to counterfeit, we'd never have anything. The higher up, 
It's one of the things I can't find out for sure where they get their money from. Okay? That's all I know. Yeah. It's a form of fortune telling. Okay? I know the leader of the occult in the United States, Gavin Frost, reads your fingernails. And I asked him one time when I was in the occult, I said, Gavin, there is no occult teaching on fingernails. He says, John, now you know, or he said, Lance, you know when you lay the cards down, and this is my way of answering, when they lay the fortune cards down, they don't read the cards. They read pictures and messages that come to them. That's why it's individual. It's not how the cards fall. The cards are just uh, a prop in the play. They still get psychic messages. It's all a form of psychic reading that they're still going to give you the definition from. He says, I just touched the finger now because this. people accept something physical before they accept something supernatural. It's just like um, witchcraft has grown so much recently because now all of a sudden it's uh, telekinesis and EFT and, and clinical parapsychology names for the devil's power. So it's more acceptable now. It's still the same thing. Yes. How can you detect a witch? Hmm. Supernaturally or physically? Well, I'll tell you this, the witch will detect you if you're a Christian before you'll detect them. Okay? But um, jewelry-wise, usually the five-pointed star in a circle or the six-pointed star or um, the cross with a serpent entwined about it, you see one of those, get away from it. That's their little suicide group. That's the one Manson belongs to, the process. Um, the ghost head, uh, triangles. It's, it's, I've had, that's one of the reasons I had one in the black world, but we didn't get it set up in time. Uh, it's jewelry. They're, in certain areas, it depends upon the leader. They make the females dress in certain sensuous ways, but out here they don't. Um, makeup on the eyes, particularly in a female. When we get a witch saved out of witchcraft, they can't touch makeup for almost three months. Because they're taught to use makeup for witchcraft, which is what it was invented for. And they can't touch it for three months because the spirits that came out of them try to get back into them through the makeup. So we've lost many people through it. Later, if they grow and strong in the Lord, if they want to use a little makeup, they can. But they never go back to using it the way they were taught to use it in witchcraft. Um, supernaturally, you can detect it through the eyes. Many people, after being around witches for a while, start to see the difference between witches' eyes and everybody else's eyes. It's just simply the demons that were in them, okay? And the wisdom that came with it. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad somebody brought that up. The attorney general we have now was, before Carter appointed him, and by the way, he was also in charge of Carter's campaign, the man who formed the National Lobby for Gun Control. He has spent over $5 million of his own finance to ban guns in the country. Now, we're told two things on the gun control. Then I will tell you what the new gun control act is that's been written that we just got our eyes on to recently. The gun control lobbyists say, quote, we only want to ban handguns. Well, they proved that's a lie when they just tried to ban all guns and gave the National Guard the right to go in and confiscate them in, in uh, um, yeah, Massachusetts. But that was defeated. And the other was the law-abiding citizens could own it. Right now, you can own a handgun in Frisco if you get permission, right? But they're not giving permission to anybody. Now, the new Gun Control Act, and the reason I'm on this about guns is their timetable will never accept, will never work if individuals are allowed to buy guns. This is one of their main objectives to get rid of. If you'll notice, England's a prime example of it, and that was the Rothschild's doing. The new Gun Control Act is you're only allowed to own a single shot or a double barrel or over and under shotgun, something that can't contain more than two shells at a time, shotguns only, and all ammunition and all guns must be stored at the police station or armory at 
dust and must can be picked up at dawn, and all fired spent cases must be returned and be counted so that you won't be holding any ammunition back. That's Carter's new gun act. He expects to have on a wall in two years. The timetable says expect to lose your guns in six to nine months in California. I have a Christian friend that is a special investigator that I just talked to recently on the phone two days ago for the Attorney General's office in California. Brown called secretly last week a special secret grand jury to consider total gun ban and confiscation in California, meaning they can come to your home without search warrant and confiscate any guns if you're on record for it. They expect to have it passed. Expect to call grand jury. Every one of the people on it, except the special investigator that's digging up information, is every time he brought in information pro-gun, they threw it out. Wouldn't even bring it to the grand jury. Once the grand jury says, yeah, we got a lot of bad stuff here, they're going to take it to the legislature in six to nine months. Forget your hand up. Yes. What? You fascinating family? No, I haven't. In witchcraft, not Satanism. Witchcraft. No, I haven't. Yeah. Right here. Sure. Okay. Uh, uh, quickly, how much time do we have yet? Five minutes? Okay. I will. Have you ever heard of the Aquarian Bible? I'll take first, okay? Would, uh, I own the cult stores. My wife owned the cult stores. In fact, my wife, when she was saved, owned the biggest occult store in the United States, the witch's colder. And it sold it. And it's a Bible, supposedly a book, supposedly containing the missing first 12 years of Christ's life. And that he was not the son of God, but he was taught in Egypt and India the practices of witchcraft, including raising himself from the dead. That's the Aquarian Gospel, that he was a master witch. The next is that I said that Mormons aren't Christian. Christian means follower of Christ. Christ said he is the only way and you must be born again. Mormons do not believe in a born-again experience. No, they do not. Have I been a Mormon? I've talked to dozens of Mormons. They do not believe in a born-again. They do not believe in, okay, their Bible is completely contrary to our Bible. I'm not going to sit here and debate Mormonism, but they do not believe in a born-again experience. Not the way that the Bible foretells the born-again experience through repentance and through the blood of Jesus Christ, okay? They don't believe in a second coming. They don't believe in a lot of things that it contains. They don't. I'm not going to argue. No, they don't. I talked with their pastors. I know. I went. I talked to the Mason, I, their elder. I talked with the, the, I quote, pastor for the other people's benefit, in charge of the temple in Mesa. And that, if you don't know anything about it, is one of their largest. And this is stuff that he asked me because I wanted to know. And this is the fact that he told me. I told him what we believe, and I said, what do you believe? And it didn't match up. What they said that tried to make it sound that way. But then I pulled a direct scripture and said, do you believe it this way? And they said, no. Yes. You know, you can get a hold of your pastor. In fact, I'm out here quite a bit talking to him. So he can contact me. Oh, okay. I'll give you our post office box real quick if you want to write it down and you can contact me. Um, give me a second here. I'll get to it before we close and I'll give it to you. Let me take another question. Yeah. No. Uh, it's just the doctrine of devil. That's the way I know how to do it. Yeah. The healing? Well, you never been to a Christian science. I mean, a, um, um, Spiritual Church of America, have you? Christian spiritualism. They lay hands on the sick, so do witches, okay? Yes. President Kennedy was a member of witchcraft, and I, I, I can't get into it today, but we've got the documentation on three months before he was killed, and the reason he was killed was because he was converted to Christ. The blonde here, right here, behind you there. Ma'am, go ahead. What was your question? Oh, questions? Yes. You should tell your mother to write him a very nasty note telling him that, okay, she has a teacher, write, uh, she has a and history. Mm. Whom I've come to know around him well, a man that I respect very highly, 
a man who, for having been a Christian for only five years, knows a great deal about the Word of God and about it from a very practical standpoint. He understands the power and the protection of Christ, the lives of those who trust Him. He'll be telling you about that. We're glad to have Johnny Todd back with us once again. God bless you, Johnny. Just be. Uh, last time I was here, I, I was sitting down there so I didn't see how many people were here in the second service that I was here. Uh, the last time I was here in the second service. Is the young lady we prayed for after the service here? Uh, after the service, we prayed for a young lady about some problems. Since then, a few more things have happened around here. Uh, I don't know if the other young lady is here or not. I didn't pay attention when I came in. But uh, as I'm ministering today, I want to point out a very real thing. The witchcraft today argues that the power that they have is extrasensory perception. Many Christians are now believing in witchcraft under the disguise of scientific terms, ESP, clairvoyancy, telekinesis, parapsychology, so on, because that's acceptable. The scientists say it's so, so that's acceptable. The only problem is, today, and I want to point out through the Word of God, that it was still going on in Jesus' time, and Paul ran across the person of this power. We're going to discuss this in a few minutes in the 16th chapter of Acts. And when Paul was done with this person, he was done with her by casting demons out of her, she no longer had that power. So I have a question for you today. If you're having psychic experiences or your parents had psychic experiences, I really invite you to get a hold of the pastor or his staff after this meeting is over or over the next couple of weeks, I'm still feeling very busy here because I'm leaving as soon as the service is over for the East Coast. But talk to him about it because when I was saved, I still contained all the psychic power that I had for two weeks. And I kept wondering what was going on. And my eyes still had kind of a look. Uh, as people that have been around witchcraft or been in witchcraft know the look I'm talking about. And my eyes still contained this look and people in the church were wondering what was going on, although I was trying to live a Christian life very hard, wasn't really involved in sin, but I still had all this psychic phenomenon happening around me. I was still very bothered with the things that I'd come out of and addicted to them, not drugs, but the psychic part. And finally, the church decided if it was good enough for Paul, it was good enough for them, and uh, they took me off in a room and they prayed for me for about five hours, and they demanded that the spirits that I had allowed in myself through asking them to come in in witchcraft to leave. When I walked out of that room, I no longer had any psychic power whatsoever. So I don't care what Duke University or what the Inquirer or what the charismatic movement or what anybody else says about ESP or any psychic powers. You call the demons out, the psychic power stops. And witches have argued with me for five years over this. They said, didn't you have your psychic power when you were born? Yes, because the Word of God says the sins of the parents are visited upon the children, and my parents were witches, and their parents were witches, and on down the line. And the witches that were born into witchcraft had that power. But now that they've gone evangelical, now that they're going out and winning people over who have never been in witchcraft, and their parents were not in witchcraft, they have to teach them how to gain psychic power because they didn't inherit the spirits of their parents. But I want to read some scripture for you. I don't want you to go away mad here. Turn with me, if you will, to Galatians chapter 5. I'm sure all Christians are very familiar with the fruit of the Spirit, but we need to know about the fruit of the flesh also. Verse 19, Now the works of the flesh are manifested, 
which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lavishness, idolatry, witchcraft. If you have a Schofield or a modern version, it's wrong. In verse 20, it says sorcery. The word in the Greek is for witchcraft. Sorcery and witchcraft are different. Sorcery is the use of drugs. It is not witchcraft. In fact, the base word for it is the same word that pharmacist comes from. And it's the use, occult practice use of drugs to obtain supernatural powers. Witchcraft is different. Witchcraft is demonic worship. This is witchcraft. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seduction, heresies, envies, murders, it goes on. Witchcraft is a fruit of the flesh, the flesh ruled by the devil. Go with me, if you will, to Deuteronomy 18. If you want to mark these in your Bible, mark them. When you're witnessing to somebody who is involved, particularly, I want to point out something today. I'm not so interested in, in hitting on witchcraft as much as I am on hitting practices that for some reason the Christian church today, the liberal churches, sorry to say even some independent Baptists, will come up to me and say, this is all right. It's in the Word of God. It's all right. It's in the Word of God, but it's not all right. We're going to go over it. If you want a list of what the occult is, it's found in Deuteronomy 18, starting with verse 10. And these are abominations unto the Lord. These are things that make the Lord so angry that in the Old Testament, he ordered a death sentence of stoning outside the city if you were caught doing these things just once. Not a dozen times, once. Now, the reason for this was the Jews did not have what we call deliverance. They did not have the power to call demons out in the name of Jesus. They didn't have this yet. The blood hadn't been paid. So the power was not there to do this. Their answer was to take them outside the city and stone them to death. Because they knew that if you came in contact with a fortune teller, and you let a fortune teller tell your fortune, you obtained the same spirits from her that she had. They also knew that if you went to a medium and sat in a seance, you obtained the same spirits. If you went to an astrologer and had her do your charts, you received the same spirit. I want to give you an example. My foster mother, when she wrote a book, she said that over every chart that she did, astrology charts, she used to work for the LA Times and do the charts for them. She said over every personal chart that she did, she would light candles and demand that spirits from the underworld enter those charts so that when the person took the charts, they would be under her control. Okay, when she wrote her book, she did the same thing to her book, and she demanded that a demon enter every book that came off the press so that the person reading the book would be addicted to the world of the occult. And all writers on the occult do the same thing. All right? Now, let's read what the definitions of these are. Since we're reading the King James, I will stop and I will tell you. There's many repeats. Some of the words mean the same thing. There shall not be... How many of you have got Schofield? with you. Okay, you're going to be a little confused as we go along here. He changes them quite a bit. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. That's not walking on coals. The old form of human sacrifice in the Old Testament done into Baal was to take your child and throw them into the flames to be burned alive as a sacrifice in the Baal. That's what it's talking about. Sacrifice. And a lot of it goes on. 
or that uses divination. I mean, if you are going to be embarrassed about it, you don't have to do it, but if you'd like to be honest, it might help some of the others who aren't going to be honest. How many of you have ever had your fortune told, or even with playing cards as a joke at a party, or went to a fortune teller, or anything like this? How many of you have had it done? That's divination. Parapsychology calls it clairvoyancy. They like to change it a little. Okay? That's divination. That's fortune-telling without the use of familiar spirits. Familiar spirits are spirit guides, the witches believe, have, are spirits of people who have died. We know from the Word of God they're demonic spirits. They're the angels that fell with Lucifer. This is without them. This is using so-called EFT. They're inside them talking. They're giving them the knowledge, and the cards have definitions to add to it. Most people think when a person turns a card over, that card has a definition. Most people will tell you that use the tarot cards or playing cards, which, by the way, were made to cast spells with and tell fortunes before Hoyle ever came around and invented poker. Okay? In fact, there are some witches who won't use the tarot cards because the playing cards are older and more powerful. But they usually get psychic pictures besides the definitions. There's much power to that, and that's why God said, no, you don't need it. You have my word, you don't need this thing. The next one is an observer of time. Anybody can shout it out real quick. What does it mean? Astrology. How many of you right now believe astrology is all right for a Christian? Raise your hand. How many of you have followed astrology? Now, that means when the L.A. Times comes in, you just can't wait to open it up and look at it. Okay? I do see the other sister around. She knows what I mean. She was addicted to it. All right. Is astrology addiction? It's addicting. She was hooked on it just the same as a heroin addict. She had to have a spirit cast out of her before she could stop reading it. She was that addicted to it. She went home and burned it all, right? That's when she got free and destroyed this stuff. Okay? There's demons involved in this. People argue with me that astrology is all right because the wise men were astrologers. No, they were following a star that had appeared in heaven. They were astronomers, not astrologers. Okay? Astrologers say that the stars destined you. Once you are born, you are going to stay that way. No matter what happens in your life, you can never change. The Word of God says that through the blood of Jesus Christ, you can change. That's why witches find it so hard to believe in the Christian faith because they don't understand it. There's no miracle in their life. That's why when they meet me, they can't understand it. I've got a picture in my billfold that we found by accident going through some belongings of myself about uh, a year after I became a grand druid. I want to show it to the pastor later. I didn't even recognize myself. That's the difference in myself now and then. They don't understand the miracle change. It changes you physically, it changes you spiritually. But according to astrology, that's impossible. You stop becoming a Scorpio and a Taurus when you become a Christian. I find it very beautiful when somebody walks up to me and says, what sign you are? I said, the sign of the blood of Jesus. That's all you have to say. You're not a set personality. If that's so, then the Word of God is a lie because it says you're supposed to grow in the Word of God and have the fruit of the Spirit, and that's the only sign you should have, is Galatians 5. All right? Or an enchanter, that's a hypnotist. How many of you have been hypnotized? I've heard Christians going around now, Christian ministers, using hypnotists to minister to people. Don't believe it. It was outlawed in the time of God, and if it's called hypnotism now, and if it's called enchantment then, it's still the same thing, it's still the money car, and the Word of God says, uh-uh. 
Okay? Or a witch? I think that's self-explanatory. That's the person who casts spells on other people and controls them with their mind. Parapsychology calls it telekinesis. Whether it's convicting you do something with their mind or bending the fork for television's sake, it's still the same thing. A charmer, a charmer is a style of a witch. It's a lesser degree. A consulter with familiar spirits. You'll find it on down in here. Uh, consulter with familiar spirits is a medium. That is somebody who asks the spirits to guide them. How many of you have used the Ouija board? That's a consulter of familiar spirits. How many of you have made the mistake of letting somebody, or you've done it yourself, swing the button over your hand to find out if you're going to have a boy or a girl? They laugh about it, but it goes on. It's so strange those babies always have the worst problems after they're born because they've done that. That's consulting with familiar spirits. That's what happened in the 16th chapter. Okay? Or a wizard. That's a male witch, not warlock, wizard. Or a necromancer. That's somebody who uses familiar spirits to tell the future. Definitely like the Ouija board. Okay? Consult with familiar spirits would be more like a medium. A necromancer would be somebody using the Ouija board to gain knowledge from demonic spirits. Okay? For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. That's why he wiped out the land the Jews with him, so that wouldn't touch them. Because that's what was going on. And all of the time the Jews dwelt in that land, they were surrounded by people who did this. Now the Christians are surrounded about it. Welcome to the club. Turn with me to the 16th chapter of Acts. If you run across the witch, I settle the whole thing. You run across somebody who's in the occult, whether they're witchcraft or not, and they want to argue with you that it's perfectly all right, it's ignorance to disagree with it, break open your Bible. Of course, witches don't believe in the Bible, so you won't get very far with them. But for the Christians who want to play games with you, who want to say this is right and that is right, and they were born with a power, they're a little ex they're a little spatial, you know, this is the story. See, the same story that the devil used in the garden for Adam and Eve is the story that he sees the world with today that makes the occult grow. I'm going to make you a god. He can't even make himself a god. How's he going to make you a god? Remember what was going to make him a god? Knowledge. And the knowledge of the occult is spreading because people think that with it, they are more special than the person next to them. And that's why they've become involved. Okay? 16, reading with me. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination. Divination? Fortune telling. Possessed with the spirit of fortune telling. So for those that like to turn cards and say it's ESP, you read them this. Met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. How many have heard of Jean Dixon? What does she call herself? A soothsayer. Where does she say she gets this from? God. That's blast came from a soothsaying. Looking into the future and prospect. Satan's counterfeit of what the prophets of God did. Satan has never originated anything in his life. You can better believe it that if it's in the occult, the Christian church is either doing it today or they were doing it. And God has passed on to a new thing. But God did it once. The devil's not, he is not creating it. He can only counterfeit. Most interesting, I'm glad that Jesus left us one sign that the whole world would know we were his. Because it's the one sign the devil can't. He does not have anything inside him to counterfeit it. 
It's called love. That's why you have to have the death threat in the occult to keep it going. Then the same, the same follow Paul and us and Christ, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. I've had hundreds of people come to me and tell me the Ouija board is correct, fortune tellers are all right, because they had just gotten saved, and a year before some medium or the Ouija board or something told them that the Christian way was the right way. Most of the time when I get to talking to them, I find out they never got born again anyway. They just decided to switch over to being a Christian. The devil knows the blood of Jesus shed. He knows it's the right way. I've had mediums get up and interrupt the service and stand there and preach a message about how God was the most powerful God because the devil is not afraid of losing the person. I've had them come up and ask for deliverance and have the demons removed as a challenge because they did not want them removed. They were not going to leave because the people didn't want them out. And the devil was not afraid of having the person stand up and say it. But Paul left this person alone for several days. If you read it, she did this many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ, not Mary, not Yahweh, no other name, not Diana or Kernos, Jesus Christ. And it was said by a person who knew him personally, a personal relationship. In the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of her, and it came out the same hour. In some translations, it says the same moment. And when her master saw the hope of their gains were gone, they caught Paul and Saul and drew them into the marketplace to the rulers. When it happened, when the demon was gone, their gains were gone. Because she couldn't tell fortune anymore. She didn't have that special little power that the other people went and paid her to tell about. Because it was gone. It was of the devil and it was gone. So when people come up to you and say that this person said it on the field, Donna, you saw, or Mike Douglas had somebody else on it, and so on and so on and so on. There was just a big controversy in the L.A. County area about legalizing fortune telling without a license and witchcraft and everything. The reason being was the great press, the so-called great psyche, had told the L.A. police department that if they would do this, he would come and tell them who the strangler was. Sure, the devil will think on the devil. He doesn't care. So this was the deal, and they even sent a witch out from Ed Colvin to sit there and cast a spell over the city council or county council, whatever it was, as they were voting on this thing. She was waving her wand around and her incense in the air. But at the same time, there were Christians praying outside the building. And I don't know where the witches' minds were. When it was over, they told the newsman, they said, well, why didn't you spell work? And they said, all oh, some dumb Christians were outside praying against us. Well, that's saying the Christians are stronger. We know that. I'm surprised they didn't have a revival in witchcraft right then and there. I mean, three Christians was all was outside praying. They had about eight coven all through the area casting spells on the city council, and all the Christians were doing were pleading the blood of Jesus Christ over the councilmen, whether they were Christians or not. It's about time we stand up and start taking authority over the principalities and powers. Read Ephesians 6.12. That's what runs the area. And we need to take authority over it and stand up. And when I was here before, I talked on the Illuminati. I talked on the physical kingdom of the devil. But there is a spiritual kingdom, too. And without the spiritual kingdom, that physical kingdom wouldn't function. Now, I'm going to take a few, few quick moments here. When we come back to questions and answers in the second session, ask anything you want. Whether it be on the Illuminati or whatever. Brian got the answer. 
I won't be able to answer you, but I'll try. There's a book that we have worked. We went down to six publications for two days last week. Spent almost six hours just working the story out and researching in the Word and bringing out documents. It's going to be called The Angel of Light. It's going to be out in about six months. It's not going to pull any strength. Last time we had a little debate about Mormonism in here when I was in here the last time. We Jack had the top experts on the Mormon church come in. They're going to hit the Mormon church. They're going to hit anything that has the devil in his earthly and spiritual kingdom in this book. Now, I want to bring it out because I'm asking you to pray about it. Pray for it. They're having a lot of problems with it. They feel that if they do this book, they may never be able to do another book because it doesn't call any strength. Right? The pastor knows a few things that are coming out in it. The other thing I want to bring out real quick is that we have been given the land for the retreat that I mentioned when I was here the last time. There was some buildings standing on this under construction. Somehow, within a two-week period of time, they found out about the construction of this area, and they went and pulled the buildings down to the ground. That's how I was in Sacramento. A witch came up to me and says, we know you've got the land. Don't try to build it. We need your prayers for this thing. We need this thing built by March, by the time I return from the East Coast, because going out there, we know there's going to be people saved. We have no place to send them if they're in danger. No place at all that they'll be safe. So we need your prayers. If you have building supply, if you have finance, if you have anything, see the pastor or see Tom Collins and get this material to them. This brother Tom's going to go ahead and build it while we're gone. It's there. We need concrete block. We need two-by-fours. We need, we need construction people. We need everything. So if you don't know Brother Tom, Pastor, ask me, and he'll put you in touch with him. Okay? How much time do we have, Pastor? Let's take questions and answers. Anybody have a question? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> they know, but uh, there's no use broadcasting it. It's in California, and it's about 55 miles from here. It's in the mountains. Yeah. We receive them in courier pouches, usually carried by the U.S. State Department. Uh, the only time we received orders like that didn't come to the tribunal. <laughs> they came in Sabbath where Lucifer would appear. But usually he appears. Remember, too many people got the devil spread out all over the place. He is one being. He's not God. He can only be. If Lucifer's standing here this very moment, he's nowhere else in the whole universe. So usually he sets, he's at the Rothschild house to give them orders, or he appears at what is called the Golden Don Coven. One thing I've got to add to you come up too much. We're bringing it out in the new book. How many of you read C.S. Lewis? How many of you read J.R.R. Tolkien? Burn them. I'm going to repeat this. Burn them. No, burn them. Burn them. Lewis was supposed to have been one to the Lord by Tolkien. Tolkien was supposed to be a Christian. The witches call all those books their Bible. They have to read them before they can be initiated. And it is well known in England and published in witchcraft books that they both belong to Rothschild's private coven. Token Sun is up for vote in three months to become the leader of the Illuminati. They're not Christian books. We have found books that are outside of the screw-type letters that are on the gods for token talks of the gods Diana and Kernos and others as being the real god. Well, not token, Lewis, C.S. Lewis, who's supposed to be a Christian, and those books are sold in Christian stores. Burn them. They're witchcraft books. Any questions yet? <laughs> oh, how many times has that question come up this week? Without TV, the Illuminati would never gain control of the world. There's symbols on the TV sets that are hypnotic symbols. You can talk to anybody that's a hypnotist, and they can tell you 
Why do you think that you can sit there and somebody can scream in your ear half the time and you don't know they're screaming at you? There are things that are burnt into your mind through the TV sets that are subtle, that are symbols and words and action. And we've talked with people that know of these things that go on and they have confirmed this. Besides, two of the major networks in this country are completely Illuminati owned, lock, stock, and barrel, ABC and CBS. And NBC is 90% Illuminati. And then most of the Christian television I don't watch because they receive large donations from them to tone the programs down. So uh, Jack Chick asked me what I thought about him going on TV on a regular series. I said he'd never get there. Try getting a serious Bible-believing program on TV that preaches hardcore gospel. It'll never happen. If you think Jerry Farwell is hardcore gospel, I have a little piece of news for you. No way. The girl that took my plate as Grand Druid, Lavina, is a member of his church, and her parents are on his staff. No way. Yes. To defend me, I never went to court. It never got to court. That's simple. It never got to court. Okay? It just disappeared. I never got arrested. Brenner, Bob Brenner owned Brenner Enterprises that was a covering network for us and got one ticket one time on his Cadillac outside his nightclub, and the police officer was looking for work the next day because he should have known that was his car. Yes. You're going to have to repeat that. I... Okay. I'll set off this way because I can't completely hear him. I think I understand. I... Okay. I didn't. I was going to answer a different question. Okay. UFOs, the inter- occult teaches UFOs are angels of light to deceive the world into believing that we will later be invaded from outer space so that you can have a one-world army looking that way, considering they feel that one of these days they're going to be invaded from outer space, and they really believe they can defeat that invasion coming from outer space. Now, how many of you know what invasion I'm talking about? They do, too, and they really feel they can defeat it. That's the purpose. If you'll notice, all of the so-called landings and saucer bases are in prime pyramid or cold areas such as the Bermuda Triangle, over the pyramid, over the, the gap in the North Pole, places like this. These are sacred pit openings to the occult. Okay? Any any other? Yeah. The warlock is Scotch Gaelic, meaning backslider or traitor. The Catholic Church applied it to the first Protestant. Okay? It never was applied to witchcraft. The Satanists used it for shock value in this country. Television's added to it. Which is, you see, witch is from the word Wicca, which is the name of their religion, which means wise one. And witch is the female version, and wizard is the male version. Wizard means wise one or teacher, and witch is wise one or leader. That's why the women are the leader, the men are the teacher. Okay? That's the term. Warlock is the, in fact, if you go to England, you won't even hear it. And that's where the stronger witchcraft is. It's just more or less used in this country, and the Satanists use it for shock value, because... If you, you go up and you say, I'm a wizard, nobody knows what you're talking about. Because if you wish, you go up and say, I'm a warlock, everybody knows, well, oh, he's something great, you know. So that's why they use it, and that's how spread it. But warlock isn't a witch term. It actually was a term applied to the first Protestants in Scotland and Ireland. Any others? Yes. Go ahead. Oh, well, you're talking about, okay, she, she asked me an occult question. She asked if I know anything about the angel that was supposed to have given the princess in Ireland a Blarney Stone. This is Catholic and witchcraft teachings together. I'm sure it was a demon, okay? The, the princess was supposed to be the daughter of Bridget, which was the mother goddess in Ireland, which the Catholics made a saint. The Catholics, everywhere they went, they always turned the old gods into saints, so they keep the pagan following following them. Okay, a couple more. Yes, I can't hear you on the last one. I can't hear you on the last one. I don't know a thing about it. 
I can't answer you. I've never heard of it before. Yeah. Yes, I am. I haven't seen it, but I'm... People believe there's two different worlds out there checking this world out because we've had violent contacts and we've had non-violent contacts. Well, you see, the teachings for the Necromonicon, which, by the way, I read scriptures in the Mormon Bible that are directly out of the Necromonicon. I'll just turn this over to him real quick. All right. In the Necromonicon, it teaches, it starts, the first scripture in it is out of Genesis, and that's the witch's Bible, uh, the Necromonicon. It says that the sons of God came down and knew the daughters of Adam, and they were giants. All right? They teach that we were, when the human race first started, great wise ones from another world came here and started a race and intermated, and that's where the witches came from. Well, the Mormons, of course, teach that Adam came down with a wife and started everything. Where did he come from? So it's all still basing on this thing, and now they're believing they're coming back and checking up on us, and soon we'll have a government of world peace because they'll help to do it all. Thank you, Johnny. And remember again, Johnny Todd will be back uh, at 11.15. Our church service will be over at promptly 11.05 this morning, so we will give him full time. And uh, <clears throat> the floor will be open for questions and for answers during that session. So we invite you to stay through the preaching service. Uh, just before we uh, dismiss you, we'll give you a break of about five minutes. I'd like to make uh, known these books. This is the book called The Broken Cross. How much is that? $39. 39 cents, three for a dollar. This is the story of uh, Manitou Springs, Colorado, about witchcraft in that town. A true story. Information provided by Johnny Todd. You'll want to get that and read it. And then secondly, there's another one just like this called The Gift. A very excellent booklet. You ought to have both of them. <laughs> then we have some books on on uh, masonry. Last time Johnny Todd was here, he mentioned the fact that the oath, uh, which is taken by the first degree mason called the inner apprentice mason, is exactly the same except for that one phrase uh, with the oath taken by a person being initiated into witchcraft. And that oath, along with the oath of the second degree mason and the first and third degree mason, is also in this particular book, along with the uh, ritual and the initiation of the first three degrees of mason. The same. All right, this little book by Morgan, who was killed, by the way, for writing this book. The moment this book hit the press, he was kidnapped by Masons and, and drowned in the East. Another book, this is a classic. Uh, this book, by the way, is only $1.50. Uh, this book is, is perhaps a classic. It was taken to the Supreme Court by Masonry, and they tried to pre prevent this book from being published. It's entitled Freemasonry and Interpretation by M.L. Wagner. This book is only $4. Uh, it's been reproduced by Dr. Crane's Clandestine Press. I paid ten dollars for my copy. It's exactly the same book. Actually, it's a better, better edition. And this book you ought to have. There are just a few of these on sale in the back. Another excellent book by one of America's great evangelists of 150 years ago, Charles E. Finney, is entitled Freemasonry. He was what was called a bright mason. He was a Masonic attorney. He was saved by the grace of God by Christ out of masonry and wrote this book exposing it. It's only two dollars. Freemasonry by Charles Finney. Another book by a man who was first a Roman Catholic, then a bright mason by the name of. Uh, uh, Ronini, uh, entitled Maha Bone. <clears throat> any, any Masons here in the third degree will recognize that word, Maha Bone. It's a secret word that uh, cannot be given above uh, a whisper and then in the five points of fellowship. This is a very amazing book by a man who was a bright and uh, uh, very informed Mason who later was saved by Christ out of Masonry and then he wrote this book exposing both Masonry and Romanism. Maha Bone is $3. Another book that gives a political overview <clears throat> of the Involvement in the secret societies in world uh, conspiracy, building toward a world empire or world dictatorship, as this called the Christian and the other religions, is only one dollar. Very interesting booklet. And then there are a few books back there, such as The Naked Capitalist by Scousen, or Scousen, I think it is. 
a book, just a couple of those, the two dollars each worth having. A book entitled Textbooks on Trial by uh, Norma Gabler, who spoke here back in the early fall. Uh, she revealed what's taking place in the textbooks in the schools. Television was brought out. The schools are mentioned. Uh, people wonder why is the world moving toward world dictatorship? Why are freedoms being taken away? Uh, what's happening to our young people? Textbooks and trials will tell you a lot about that. That book is a hardback. A book it is five dollars. But those books are all please. Johnny All right. Before we take questions and answers, and the pastor will be up here monitoring so they get on the tape so everybody will know what the question is. I've had so many complaints. Nobody knows what, what everybody's asking. So we'll do that in a minute. Please bear with me for a minute. You might want some pencil and paper for what's coming up. Uh, you can decide as you go. How many of you have read this? All right. As I repeat, nothing produced by Chip Publications is a book. It is a track. It is meant for souls. All right? Now, I'm trying to set up something where every student at this school will get uh, How many are in junior high or high school in this school? All right? I want to see if you know what's going on. I talked with the principal. I talked with the pastor. I know what's going on in your school. I want to find out if there will be a teenager honest enough to stand up and say they know it. How many know about the spiritualism group, the Ouija board group that is going on after school hours? How many teenagers have kind of been invited over to this thing or have gotten the word on it around the school that know what's going on? Any of you, have any of you been approached in the school about this? No? All right. If you are, please go to the principal. Please go to the pastor. Or there are teenagers who are fooling with this in the school and are trying to spread this. And we're going to, or the pastor and the principal are going to take care of it. I told them who I've spotted and knows is fooling around with this. So I, I want to bring that up real quick before we go on. The next thing is on this book. In three months, this book has already been rewritten once. I'm sorry we don't have the reruns. We've corrected a lot of it to where it reads just witchcraft now, and the Satanism part is not in it which makes it a better track for our purposes. But in the back, this whole back sheet will be redone in three months. I only have three months. So about the end of April, I guess, or maybe four months. This whole back sheet will be redone. The salvation message here will be put up at the top, and this whole space here will be on the bottom, will be a list of phone numbers and halfway houses and churches throughout the United States that people who have death sentences on their heads that one out of the Illuminati and out of the occult in contact. That's why I'm going east. For five years, we have prayed and we have sought to get into states in New England and Florida and so on where Grand Druids live, where the leaders live. And we have always been barred mainly by interference through the charismatic churches. Well, now God has opened the door to the independent Baptists that nobody can close. We didn't try to go through the charismatic churches, but the charismatic churches there opposed it in such a, a way that the other churches were afraid to do anything. Now this door is open and we're going to be setting houses up while we're there. I need, this is the Southern California contact point right here. We need counselors who are willing, and we prefer husband and wife, who are willing, and we need where they have an extra bedroom or can make room in their house that can take a girl or boy in one at a time if this church is reached by phone for help and can watch over these people from two to three days. This is 24 hours a day. We need certain guns. So the guns we need are pump shotguns, 12-gauge pump shotguns, or automatic shotguns, nothing else. 
Don't nothing else. If you, if you feel like you'd like to give us something and it's not on the list, save it. We've got to have these precise ones because this is what they use against us. And as a weapons expert from the Army, I know what will be best. The next thing we need are 357 Magnum revolvers. That's the main weapon. Not 38. 38 will bounce off of windows. They've been known to. 357. 45 automatic are the best. That's what I personally carry. The next thing we need, if you don't have them, Tom Collins knows where you can get them for half price and we need them, are Colt AR-15. That's the civilian name for the M16 rifle. That's what they hit us with most of the time. Or the Mini-14 is all right. It's not great. We need these weapons very badly. And if you have never been in a firefight, I have stood on a farm in Ohio that was a retreat, and for four solid hours, we never did find out why the police didn't come out, there were over 6,000 rounds expired from both sides trying to kill people. That was one firefight. This is no game, and this is no joke. I spent... Monday in the hospital because I wasn't careful at a job that I was having and somehow somebody, I got the blood test to prove it, slipped poison in the pop that I was drinking and I was in critical condition and I uh, still got the scar from the IV. I went into convulsions and seizures and uh, a lot of people prayed and Monday morning I walked out of that hospital. I looked sick for a few days but <laughs> I walked out of that hospital because I got careless. It was a new way they had tried. And I wasn't ready for it. From now on, we're going to watch all the way. So please, this is an unusual request, but if you have them, we need them. Okay? And the other thing we need, we need material so that clothes can be made. We need uh, concrete block. We need cement. We need hundreds of two-by-fours. Okay? We need barbed wire fencing. We need fence posts. We need electrical wire. You can imagine anything in construction. We need lots of sheetrock. So anything that you can, you feel that you, if you're in a construction field, you have nails. You can imagine how many nails we need. We need this stuff, okay? We need farm tools like shovels, picks, and so on. We need everything under the sun. It is a retreat that is a ranch. We need farm animals. If you've got a horse and the Lord might lead you to donate the horse, we need horses more than we need anything else, okay? And that's pretty well it. You can just pray about it and see how the Lord will lead you. If you feel like you don't need any money, bring it to the pasture, okay? The land is there. All we got to do is get the things built. And I know people around here like Sean and others will be glad on weekends to come up and hang sheetrock with the rest of us. <laughs> I won't be here, I'm sorry to say, so I'm trusting others. Johnny, i to take one more thing very quickly for our Sunday School Records. But all those people who were not here during first session, please uh, raise your hands. Or if you were not counted in the first, in your second session class already, if you were not in first session or not counted in your second session class, please raise your hand. If you're a visitor who is here and you're not in the first session, your first session, raise your hand. If you're not counted in your second session, and Mike, you get those right on those sides. Keep your hands up, Johnny, you haven't talked. Well, I was going to ask questions, but I don't think I can ask questions with everybody's hands in the air. So I'll, I'll add very quickly here. We have tried retreat several times. They've always failed because we allowed the supporting churches to have a voice in the retreat itself. Now, I love this church, and I'm a member of it, or I wouldn't, I've never joined the church in the five years I've been saved. 
That's what I think of this church. I think of this pastor. But the retreat, the worker, if you think that you would like to be a worker at the retreat, just remember, <laughs> it's going to be on the hips the whole time you're there. Tom Collins, I told him and his wife, they were out looking at the land with us. And uh, this cold already knows who gave us the land. Tom gave us the land. And uh, I told him and his wife, I said, you know, when you come out here, this is your land, but the moment you come through the gates, you put it on your hip. And so pray for us. Pray while we're eating. We're claiming souls upon souls. I'm going to be talking with the people who train me in witchcraft. I'm going to be going in to the top people that sit on the council, the 13 people that sit on the council. I will be in space where eight of them live, and I expect them to attend the meeting. Okay? Pray for us. We're going to believe miracles are going to be done. Baltimore is the closest I'm going to get to Jimmy Carter, but uh, you know, for those that haven't heard, Jimmy's great evangelistic center sister won Larry Flint to the Lord, but she told Larry that he could keep on publishing Hustler. He just had to add new men pictures along with the women to balance it out. That was the Christian principle. I wonder what Lord she's serving. Any questions? Yeah. Go ahead. He's going to repeat it for the tape. The question is, what about Charles Manson? Was he demon-possessed? Also about the book and everything. All right. Manson belonged to, uh, I had to belong to many brotherhoods, okay? Manson, the brotherhood that he belonged to is called the Process. The only brotherhood I worry about. They are so radical that in order to kill me, they would gladly give their own life up right in a meeting. They were run out of England for human sacrifice. They have the inner and the outer process. The outer process is a good group. They have free coffee houses, free clothing, free priests to live, and so on. The inner practice human sacrifice. They teach four God systems. Yahweh as the evil God. Lucifer as the good God. Jesus as one being punished because he spoke against Satan. And Satan as the earthly God. And uh, they wear a cross, big silver cross, with a serpent engraved on the cross showing that Satan and Christ are one through the cross. They were rolled up. They were a contract. He was paid to do it. Kate was breaking away. Her husband knew about it. Her husband went over to establish an alibi in Europe. The money came down. $50,000 came down from Toronto to New Orleans, and poor Manson only got 2000 of it by the time it went through all the sticky fingers. But that's what the Tate killing were about. The others just happened to be there. She wanted out, and you don't get out unless you come through Christ. And she didn't think about trying out. And her mistake was she warned him in advance. She was arguing with her. She was having a baby, and she didn't want the baby raised up in it, and she wanted out. And if you remember the trial script from the book, that's the one thing she begged. She says, not, you know, she kept repeating over and over, don't kill me, don't kill my baby. Her baby was what she cared about. And that's the information that I have on it. I belong to the New Orleans branch, and he was called a field disciple or an evangelist from the New Orleans branch. The process. They were the people who first tried to kill me. The first incident that ever happened happened from them. They're very, very radical. They're located in, they've got a few scattered uh, undercover groups in L.A., but they've got an open chapter in Frisco. Any other questions? Yes. Yeah. Are, are epileptics demon-possessed? I'm glad you asked that. When I was saved, and I've got the veterans records to prove it, I was an epileptic or wounded numb. 
I took an EEG this time last year. The brain scan shows I'm still an epileptic. The first thing that the people called out of me, and they did not know I was an epileptic, I was taking the dilantin and the phenobarb in secret, they called a demon of epilepsy out of me. I have never had a seizure, an epileptic seizure, since then, except when the VA got a court order about a year and a half ago because they were concerned for me and made me take the medicine, and I went into seizure, and they gave it up. I've never had a seizure, and nobody that I've ever called a demon of epilepsy out of has ever had a seizure since as long as they stayed off the medicine. They're not possessed. And I want to add this real quick. Because of the King James Bible, many places in the New Testament, all demonic activity is called possession. If you'll get yourself a Greek lexicon, you'll, and I think Pastor can verify with me, only two cases in the New Testament use the word that applies to possession. The 16th chapter of Acts and Legion. The others apply to activity, demonic activity in their life. All right? Now, give you an instance. We prayed for a girl when I was here last time. Who was the people? You were upstairs with me, weren't you? Who was the other woman upstairs with us? Is she here? She can testify. The girl could not pray the prayer of salvation, so we called certain demons out of her. When we were done praying the prayer of salvation, then we called more out of her. But certain ones had to go before she could even pray, but they had not all gone. If that's a little contrary to you, it's because when you give your heart to the Lord, you give your heart to the Lord. The flesh can still be occupied if you gave them permission to come into your life to do different things. Epilepsy, there's no argument about it. That's how Jesus delivered it. And all the diamond and phenobarb in the world will just feed the demon. I've seen hundreds. I feel for epilepsy because I went through years of epilepsy. And I know the feeling, the embarrassment of the seizure and everything. And I've never had my brain waves shows I'm still an epileptic. I guess if somebody had cancer and had the Lord had did a miraculous thing and they still saw the cancer under the scope but they weren't dying, I don't know. But I have the brainwave test and the brain scans both show I'm still an epileptic but I don't have a seizure, and I don't take the medicine. I really feel that the injury that was done to me was physical, but the demon causes the convulsion. Okay? That's my own experience as an epileptic. Yes. I can only give you the names of the, the question. Okay. Who are the names of the other people in the Council 13? Okay. I can only give you the ones that were honest, plus the girl who replaced me. There has been much assassination. There is a war going on in the occult right now between the traditionalists and the modernists. It's funny, we just argue between traditionalists and modernists there. But the traditionalists and the modernists there, this is why I keep getting invitations to come back and join, because I was one of the traditionalist leaders, and they thought that I got out because the traditionalists was losing or something. They didn't start losing until I left. But this is why they went fork and son in. He's the leader of the traditionalists. But the, the leader of the Grand Council, as it stands about a week ago, is Gavin Frost. He's leader of the modern, the evangelical of the group, the ones who say everybody can be a witch. On it, the girl who took my place is Yvonne Collins or Legina is her name. Now, many names I'll give you are witch names, okay, because I don't know their real names. That's the law in which that they don't choose to tell you. You can't ask. And even the council don't know the other council members' correct names from it. Jesse Bell, who lives in Florida, is a name Lady Sheba, Civil League. Dr. Raymond Buckland, who used to lead it, Lorca, is uh, still on the council. 
Uh, Louise Hubner from Los Angeles is on the council. Uh, Zorla from Chicago is on the council. I think the others that were on it at the time are off. Uh, Mrs. Morgan from New York uh, and uh, Lavina from France are still on the council. The others, I think, have either been killed or resigned or what, and others have been placed in their place. Yeah. The traditionally, go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> I keep forgetting. We clarify the distinction between the traditional and the modernist. The traditionalist witch believes you must be a hereditary witch, okay? That means you must be born into a family just before, a hereditary line. The modernists want everybody, particularly the Christians, most of all, to be witches, okay? Question, can you tell us about UFOs? Now, and my sister's connection, they, there's a story of that, that Jack Chick had told each person three years ago that I had told him. My sister, before my wife came around, used to be leader of the state of Ohio, the high priestess there of the whole state. And her little pastime was calling up, supposedly filling the sky with UFOs and watching everybody's excitement. And some of the most outstanding sightings were in the early 70s in Ohio. And she used to laugh about it because she'd be standing in a circle out in the field somewhere calling up demons. And that's all they were, were angels of light playing games in the sky. Remember, a demon, get the little spooky picture. There are a fallen angel, an unclean spirit. They can assume any form or go into anything except a Christian who walks in the spirit all the time. Know any? You know, or in other words, a Christian who keeps it under the blood and so on. But they can, they can assume forms, including spacemen or solid objects like flying saucers or so on. That's why when they appear on the radar scope and a jet gets up there, they vanish right in front of the pilot's eye because they're nothing but a spirit. Tom Rose, can you say the word possession, obsession, and affliction? And then tell that relates to the Christian. Well, let's, let's trade the words around a little. Possession, obsession, no, possession, oppression, obsession, and depression, okay? Let's use those instead of the affliction, okay? Possession means absolutely total ownership. You've seen one of the few, I've seen four or five cases in my whole life of possession, and the young lady that we prayed for at the end of the service was one of those that was possessed. I, that's how many in five years, and I have set in or been part of close to a thousand deliverances. You don't see very many cases of possession. Possession means that person doesn't breathe, eat, talk, say anything that the devil does not allow them to do that's inside of them. Maybe you've seen them if you've tried to get somebody to pray and they've actually wanted to pray the prayer of salvation, but they can't get it out. That's possession. Son of Sam, possession. Uh, John Todd, five years ago, possession. Um, Charles Manson, possession. Let me explain. You notice Legion was possessed. The girl in the 16th chapter was possessed. You notice what they did? They wanted help. You know what they did? They went and they challenged God. The most they could do was fall down before him and get the minister's attention. I'd been in meetings where they couldn't ask for deliverance because the spirit wouldn't let them. But they could create a commotion by resisting the devil. What they would do is they'd start thinking they wanted free, and the devil would start manifesting, and that would draw the attention of the minister to them. But most of possessed people are possessed, not so much because the demons are possessing them, but they're possessing the demons. I mean, most of the cases I meet that demonic activity do not want to give up the spirit. 
Remember how much you fought to give up particular spirits in your life. You just did not want to give. You did not want to turn them loose because you liked them. That may seem unusual to you, but it goes on. Think of the man who likes chasing women. He doesn't want to give up the demon of lust because he doesn't want to give up chasing the women. Okay? Now, oppression, possession is impossible for a Christian. Don't let anybody ever tell you that a Christian is possessed. That's an absolute lie of the devil. The next step is oppression. That is where the Christian can come. Oppression, uh, possession resides in the spirit or the heart of man. Obsession resides in the soul or the mind of man. Obsession resides in the flesh or the body of man. Okay? That would be the best way. Depression is outside. It's tormenting spirits from the outside. Unless it's a demon of depression. And then it's inside. But usually depression can be just you not depending enough upon the Lord, so you're allowing the devil to depress you. I'm very funny. I don't allow any in between. I'm not a fence straddler. It's either God or it's the devil. There isn't any in between. And that's the Lord's own words. You're either with him or you're against him. Okay? That's the definitions of them. Will you give some examples of how witchcraft and occultism are used in advertising? Uh-huh. Yeah. The Inquirer. <laughs> uh, I get Pentecostals and Charismatics upset because I call Catherine Kuhlman a witch. They want proof. The inquire anybody who an article is done on faith healing or supernatural part in the inquire must appear in person before the council of the Grand Druid. How many know about Kuhlman's article several years ago in the inquire? You don't get in there without top approval from the board. Alright? That settles it right there. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know how, how you feel. Next, uh, you've got symbols. Okay? Without going into a long sermon on symbols, witches and masons identify their ownership of things to the others by their symbols. How many go Witches must do each eight things to perfect themselves. It's 6,000 years old. Two of them, one is drugs, one is alcohol, and one is immoral sex. That's three right there. Alright? Without even going on any further. That's one symbol. The symbols all over the thing. The holy year to the Illuminati is the birth date, May 1st, 1976. 76. Anybody recognize that on a sign somewhere? Another beautiful one is Montgomery Ward and Noble are one company. Noble belongs to a company that owns Standard Oil, Exxon, and all of them. It's one of the, it's probably 40% of the money that comes to the Illuminati comes to that system of company. So, naturally, those are going to be built up and protected more than others. And what can I tell you? I met a, a PR man recently who told me he is the public relations man for the new Star Wars sequel. He's a homosexual. He told me there's not one star that's a major star in the new movie that has not gone to bed with homosexuals in order to get the part. He also said the majority of them are being kicked from the top occult soap opera in the country. Does anybody have an idea of what that soap opera is? Young and Restless. Reason? Brad, for those that watch it, is a Christian who counsels through astrology. And one of the new stars is Snapper, the doctor on the show that will be in Star Wars. And the guy told me that instead of 45% of the Star Wars thing being on the force, 
99% will be about the force. And for the guys who like country and western music and think they're safe because uh, it's not rock, Tom T. Hall has just brought out the best-selling song in a long time. It's called The Force, about good witchcraft battling bad witchcraft. I think good enough. Uh, Bob Melvin, question is about acupuncture. Yeah, acupuncture is part of a monk system that also developed Kung Fu and other things out of China. Okay. I'll classify it along with Laetrile. There is absolutely no scientific evidence that Laetrile heals, but it heals. When the people, a new study came out that had been healed by cancer, or cancer through Laetrile, were tested for psychic powers, they all rated in the 75% range, which is excellent. In other words, their faith in the drug, and since God's not using the drug to heal them, their faith in this healing power is healing them. Now, who's healing them? Right, the devil. If you didn't know the devil could heal, I'm sorry, he can't. He'll just end up giving you something worse along the line. But that is what's healing. And it's sweeping through the chiropractic system, especially. A lot of them are using Laetrile. And there's no medical thing to heal you. It's pure psychic energy. And if you were here this morning, you know what psychic energy is. Is there a connection between chiropractor and the coat? Not that I know of, except that the Mormons are now really infiltrating the chiropractic system with the herb healing. Hank, is there any occult involvement in the hill trade? Within five square mile area of where I live is where they're dumping all the bodies. Louise Schubner lives in the same area. I don't know. I can't get any information. I can't get any information at all, so I don't know. You know, they're holding things back. I doubt it, but I will tell you what is involved. The same spirit that was in the Son of Sam. Okay? The same spirit that was in the trash bag killer who said he killed 34 young boys after raping them so he could become the top mass murderer in the world and break the record in Houston. These are demons that are going to come in in the next year. You think this is something. Where do you pick up the newspaper every day and this new killer is struck? You're going to have killers all over the place that are trying to break each other's records. Because you've got demons all over the top place trying to break each other's records. Okay? That's the best I can answer you. I don't know if it's a cult. It may be, but since there's no report of blood loss, I doubt it. Tony, reflexology and acupuncture? I have no idea. Jim? You mean a fake energy crisis? I'll, I'll repeat that. Excuse me, I'll repeat that. He said last time I was here, I mentioned the, the uh, schedule that the Council of the Rothschilds had for domination of the world that would be fulfilled within 11 years of 1972. And uh, he asked me if the faith, can I add that word, faith, energy crisis had anything to do with it. What do you think started it? That's what's going to cause World War III. You've got to get out of the system of thinking, this guy over here is a bad guy and this guy over here is a good guy. You can't do that. It's not a football game. You can't pick the Rams over the Vikings. You can't pick America over Russia. You can't pick the God over Megan. You can't do it. You've got to look to the guy who's pulling the strings. His name is Rothschild, okay? Remember now, Sadat's being called the man of peace right now. But who wrote him letters asking him to go to Israel? Jimmy Carter. Who set the whole thing up? Jimmy Carter. Don't lose sight of it. He's losing popularity. He's never had any popularity with me. They say he's losing popularity with the conservative Christians. That's because the ones who voted for him just because he was a Christian have now learned he's not a Christian. 
I heard a speech. How many heard his press conference in Hungary? You really should buy a shortwave set. <laughs> I mean it. I really recommend it in my meeting. Um, a Baptist over in Hungary got up, that wrote for the Baptist press over there. I don't know what type of Baptist he was. But he got up and he praised Carter for being a Christian and uplifting the Christian standards in America. I don't know what paper he's reading. And would he please get the Catholics off their back in Hungary? He told them, sorry, government and religion don't mix. Why don't he practice it here? No. Uh, he's going to lose popularity. He's going to gain it. But if Carter is the type of man that if he thought that he was going to lose the election, he would take this country by force. And if you don't think the President of the United States can do it, you better do some research. He can overnight by picking up the telephone. He can place us in martial law to suspend everything. He'll do it because uh, it's going to be the time. But, oh, okay. All right. I agree with you. Get on our hands and knees right now and start praying. Yeah. I heard the same thing. They need some prayer. You know, some, some re I hate the way Christians pray today. Uh, now I lay me down to sleep type prayer, you know. Uh, five seconds and you've done your duty for the day. I don't know wh what it is. Uh, I guess it's my habit in the occult. I had to spend hours meditating and reading every day. So why can't I do it for the Lord? You know, I mean, the Christian church is wondering why the witches are walking all over them. Because the witch's prayer life is stronger than the Christian's prayer life. Way back here in the back. Yeah. Well, uh, I try to leave it alone because the man who... See, I'm kind of at fault at this. The man who led him to the Lord was bribed out. He denies all this now. A one of the checks plus a huge parcel of about 150 acres of land in Delaware, Ohio, I arranged as a bribe for him when I was in control. So I kind of leave it alone. I mentioned it because I didn't want people to get any hope of the Kennedy assassination being solved in Congress, you know. But um, anyway, the, uh, he, he was led to the Lord in Ebor City, which is a Cuban refugee city within Tampa, by the help of the mayor who had just been converted to Christianity and this minister who was now probably one of the biggest witches within Christianity, bought and paid for, named Leroy Jenkins. But back at this time, he wasn't. Yes. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait for the boat, you John. Okay. Speak louder. I got the thing about sailing when I picked up. <laughs> <laughs> He's smiling. <laughs> okay, I'll repeat all this. You'd like me to talk about sailing in the Inquisition and also about the Masons and their contact with the occult. I would love to. I think we'll finish. That, that'll take the rest of the evening. Uh, for one, okay. How many have read history or were taught history on the Salem witchcraft in school? Sorry, I'm going to disappoint you. No witches were killed. Christians were. The witches did the execution. And if you want to spend a few thousand dollars in about a month like my wife and I did, go to the Essex Museum in Salem, and if you can, trick your way into the library like we did, which you're not supposed to be able to, and look at the original manuscript, you'll find out that the Collinses and the Putlands and others that were there were involved in the witchcraft, and the main charge, which never comes out in any of our history books, was that the people that were executed were all from another town, were holding Bible studies in their homes, teaching born-again experience, and also discussing the book of Revelations, which was outlawed. But that didn't come out in our history book, but that was some of the main charges. The next thing that went on, the Inquisition, was 
None of the big witches were ever killed. Most of the people that were killed weren't witches. But the witches sure used it against us, just like Salem. Now, they know that in Salem no witches were killed, but they used it against Christians. They also know in the Inquisition that most of the witches did the executions there, but they used it against us. The bad point is that, and I, I want to give this to you in case this is ever thrown at you, they used John Wesley against us. Because for his salvation, he was a paid-for witch hunter in England who was responsible for thousands of people's deaths in England. But that was before his salvation, and they neglect to bring that up since they don't believe in salvation. Now, the good ones, the Masons. <laughs> for four years now, I've been talking to Jack Schick that the Masons were initiated just like witchcraft people. And just, I guess it never really sunk through to his head that it was, so I got the blackboard out the other day, and I drew him and told him, word for word, step for step, the initiation into witchcraft of the first level when he joined the Covenant for the first time. Okay? He's going, what up with the Masons do? That's what I've been trying to tell you. The vow of secrecy, I've had masons deny that there was a knife pointed at them when they were led by the summoner to the challenger at the circle to be initiated. But the knife is there, just as it is in witchcraft. They are blindfolded, they are bound, just like in witchcraft. They are led by the summoner to the challenger to a circle with a star, five points in it. With the altars, they're led through the gate at the same point, and exits the circle at the other point, and it's called, and they're being reborn. The only three points that are different is, we receive a new name to sprinkle baptism, a completely new name when we're initiated in the witchcraft. We drop our robes so that we're new when we walk in the circle and we're re robed because we're born again in the circle. That's been changed now because of the modernists, and they stay robed the whole time, just like the Masons. The other is, our wrist is cut. But they're doing away with that in witchcraft now. So the only difference between it now and the Masons is a sprinkle of baptism and given a new name. The initiation, word for word, from the time you walk up to the circle to the time you leave, action for action, is the same as that that I took, my wife took, or anybody else took when he first joined witchcraft. It's what a Mason does when he joins. Now you tell me that the Masons are Christian. The Masons were formed as a Calvinistic organization going undercover to protect themselves from persecution of witchcraft when witches were being persecuted. And that's how they were formed, and that's their right. Alistair Crowley, which some of you may know about, some of you may not, left the Golden Dawn, which is the private coven of the Rothschilds, and formed his own group. He, got, he didn't drop all the Illuminati, but he almost got himself killed because he published two books called The Order of the Golden Dawn. They didn't mind any of it, except he drew the temples of the Rothschilds' personal coven. He drew all the banners on the wall where the altar was set up, but the people caught everything. And it just so happened there was a book out on Mormonism at the same time that had Masonism that had the very same picture in of a Mason temple. That's my statement on Masonry. Yes. Almost all of you are finance, double mind control, alpha mind control, a lot of the different leagues, the literary groups that are involved in it. Besides, meditation will lead you, if you go on into particularly yoga, to transcendental meditation or projection and other things. The problem with the meditation groups is they give you half-truths in the beginning, just like in witchcraft, and then as you go deeper and deeper, all of a sudden there's things they, did, they told you they didn't do in the beginning that they're now teaching you, if you stay with it far enough. And I personally believe that one of the best ways to fill yourself up with demons is to go into meditation groups. Okay, we're, we're running late. I'm not all right, we'll have Johnny Todd back again, the Lord willing. In about three months, we want you to pray for him on his Eastern tour. At this time, we're going to have the ushers come forward and receive a special love offering for Brother Johnny Todd. I know that uh, Johnny Todd at this time is...
But this is a difference from when I was here a month or so ago. I'm surprised, I guess, I really should praise it's the Lord night and day that somebody invented the cassette recorder. We get letters every week, 10, 20, 30 letters of people that have heard our tapes and our ministry has done something for their lives in places we've never been and people will never see. So uh, I was a little shocked tonight when so many people had heard my testimony that had never met me. But then there was a lot of people that Paul's left. Uh, he's been gone a long time. If you will, take these out. You want to take some notes probably on them. There is one on the back of it. I think all the, are the colors the same everywhere with the sheets? I can go over color. On the yellow sheet on the back, front, whatever, you got it too. Um, tomorrow we're going to be, this is the sheet we'll be using tomorrow. We'll be using all the rest of them tonight. And uh, I want to correct something. It's not the pastor's fault. The people who prepared it originally, that's Ephesians 6.12, not 6.14. But we'll be, this is what we'll be teaching on tomorrow night. Hoping that um, we'll have a large bring-in of materials that we'll be talking about tonight to destroy. But let's start with the yellow sheet. And I want you to write a scripture text across it. Revelation 18.23. At the bottom of the scripture it says, For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, and for by thy sorcerers were all nations deceived. Talking of Babylon. There's no better scripture I know of in the Word of God to describe the Illuminati, which is what we'll be talking about tonight. And we're going to start. I want you to get out. You can lay them across your lap. Find the three pyramids. I think it'll be impossible to lay them side by side because on the purple sheet there's two of them. But we'll do the best we can with what we have. And take out the sphinx. Now, most people do not understand the Illuminati. How many people here have ever done any study on the Illuminati before they heard of me? Okay. How many have done some since they've heard my tapes? A couple, okay. Boy, are the rest of you in for a surprise tonight. I don't want people to listen to me and walk out of here and just accept the things I have. I kind of like it when people go out here and say, boy, he's nuts. Because they'll go and they'll try and research to prove that I'm wrong. And the more they research, the more they start believing me. It is impossible to research history and to research the conspiracy and to research the Illuminati without coming away a solid believer. As a, the brother who prepared these, Brother Tom Berry said, he went to, through almost 2,000 books for 20 sheets of notebook paper filled with notes. That's how well it was hidden. How many people have a set of encyclopedias at home, a good set? Go home tonight, look up the word Illuminati. In some of the encyclopedias, you will find that it existed but does not exist now. And in other encyclopedias, you will find that it existed and still exists now. But they don't tell you anything about it. Before we go into it, I want to give you a reading list, okay? Now, I want to explain a book before I give its title. And I want you to choose carefully as to whether you want it or not. I don't want you later getting mad at me because I recommended it. It is not a Christian book. It is not a political book. It is an Illuminatus book. The book was ordered, written, and produced by Philip Rothschild, the leader of the Illuminati in this day and age. It was ordered, written by a woman named Anne Rad, and she was at that time one of Philip Rothschild's mistresses. It was written some 12 years ago. She was already a well-known author, and her books sell nationwide. Mostly people who read them are communists. And she wrote this book, 
It was supposed to be a novel. It's 1,100 pages, so if you don't like to read, don't buy it. And it was written as a novel, supposedly, but it is a code book. And within the book is a step-by-step -step plan to take over the whole world by taking over the United States. Now, I'm going to say many things tonight that a lot of people will try and go out of here and say that I'm anti-American. No, I'm extremely pro-American. I couldn't be that, so I became a Christian. But I'm extremely pro-American. I am just anti-government that exists within America today because it is not the government of the people any longer, and I'm pro-people government. That's a term misused by communists a lot. I'm sorry if you're upset that I use, but that's exactly what it says in the Constitution. Oh, this is what I've been waiting on. I'm glad he brings it. I know what's in it. Wouldn't be the first time. Now, the power of the Illuminati, and I'll give an explanation. The Illuminati is as following. Okay, first, most people found the Illuminati in things that have crossed their path. People found it in the occult, and mistakenly they have said, aha, the Illuminati is the occult. Then they have found it in the Masons, and they said, aha, the Illuminati is the Masons. Then they have found it in politics. They said, oh, it's politics. So they found it in the international banking system, or they found it in Zionism. So they list it as just being that. Actually, it is all these things, and much more. They found it in the Mormon religion. That's because the leaders of the Mormon religion are high echelons in the Illuminati. They are founded in the John Birch Society. That's because the man who leads the John Birch Society is both a high-degree Mason and a Mormon. But it is all these things, and its power is finance. If you would take its finance away, which is impossible... Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you the name of the book, and I just realized that. I started out... I'm getting ahead of myself. The book is called Atlas Shrugged. Oh, Atlas, you know, Atlas supposed to hold up the world? Shrugged, like you shrug your shoulders. Atlas Shrugged. Now... This is the warning that goes with it. I'll be talking about occult books tonight and how demons are in occult books and in their music and so on. This isn't so with this book. They didn't place a spell on this book because they did not want people to buy this book other than those told to buy it within the occult and within the Illuminati. They are extremely mad because just this year alone they sold several million of them, mostly to Christians, and they don't like that. In fact, they've tried to stop printing it, but people don't want to stop printing it. They're making so much money. The bad thing about it, though, is that since it is written as a novel, it has some passages that uh, I think might belong in Hustler or other places. Maybe out of 1,100 pages, you might count five that are this way. You can tear them out and throw them away. They're just stuck in there to hope. They're stuck in there on purpose to keep Christians from reading the book. So if you should get to a passage that uh, is a little something you shouldn't read, just turn to the next page, it'll be over by then, and you can go on with the story. Now, if you don't like to read, skip the first 200 pages. The first 200 pages is exactly the way most people in the world are. They're very boring. No, actually, they're the conspiracy from people in all the walks of life talking about this incident happening and that incident happening. And, and um, you know, it's very boring to the fact that unless you know that it's the conspiracy that's planning the incident. It's like reading the newspaper today. You don't really know what's happening behind it. But after about the first 200 pages, eight chapters, nine chapters, something like that, it starts showing you that everything that is happening is conspired to happen. And uh, I'm going to give all these things, and I want to say something before I get the rest of the reading list. The common name for the Illuminati is the conspiracy, or the great conspiracy. Now, until we lost the school system to people within the Communist Party and within the organization of the Illuminati and so on, you were taught in your history classes, and some people can remember this if they want to confess up to being that old, that history was taught that it happened because somebody conspired 
for it to happen. Then we didn't want in this nation anybody to get ideas that maybe our government was a conspiracy. <clears throat> so they uh, decided to start teaching that it just happened because it happened. You know, World War II happened just because some people got mad. World War I happened because some people got mad. The Depression happened because uh, we bought too much too soon without enough money. They did not want anybody to get the idea that it all happened because somebody conspired for it to happen. But I hope to accomplish one thing tonight more than anything, that I will change your attitude, that I'll put new forms or patterns or whatever in your life, that you will walk out of here and when something happens, you'll go, now I wonder what they're really up to. Really? Okay? And we'll be talking about a few things tonight. I want to start with the yellow sheet. Now there's something missing on the yellow sheet. I want you to draw a block. No, don't draw a block. I'm sorry. Under the First National Bank, write Federal Reserve Act, or the Federal Reserve Commission, FRC, FRA, whichever way you want to write it. You can abbreviate it or whatever you want to do. All right? Now, if you'll look at the pyramid, let's start with the one that says organization. Now, there's no way to preach a sermon when you're giving a teaching like this. I'm going to play school teacher tonight. If some of you find it boring, you happened in the wrong meeting because you might as well think that you're back in high school or going to college or whatever because that's about what it's going to be like tonight. I'm going to give a lot of facts. I'm going to try and leave enough time that we can have some questions because there's no way I can say all I'm going to say tonight without leaving some people in confusion. Pastor disappeared. There he is. Did you turn that air conditioner on? It's hot in No, I don't feel nothing. <laughs> Can't put this many people in a building like this without starting something. Okay. Start with the one that says organizations, and if you'll notice on all the pyramids, the first three blocks are exactly the same. Now, if you've heard my testimony, you know that I came from the Council of Thirteen. Now, I want to stop, take about three minutes to explain the doctrine of the high part of the occult. The, first, the last four levels of the occult, or the last three levels of the occult, the fourth, fifth, and sixth level, and most of the modern cults today, particularly Mormonism, believe the same thing. How many people ever saw a movie called The Dunwich Whore? Nobody ever saw that movie. A couple people saw it. Okay. And I think um, Sandra D was the star of it or something. Okay. That was probably one of the strongest movies truthful about witchcraft and their beliefs that ever existed. Now, there was the original occult Bible, witchcraft Bible, was called the Necromonicon. There's only three copies in existence today. One is in the town in, in St. Petersburg Cathedral in the USSR. One is in New York City. No, I'm sorry. One is in Glasgow and one is in London. I saw when it was on, the one from the London Museum was in New York for a while. I got to hold it and look at it. So I went up in the occult. Now, from that, the Book of Shadows, the occult Bible, came into existence. Several books have been written from the Necromonicon and are in many Christians' hands today, which we're hoped that will burn before it's over. Now, According to the Necromonicon, the beginning of the world happened that man or mortals, if you watch the witch, you know the difference between witches and mortals, that mortals or everyday earth men, women, and so on, kind of descended from the apes and so on, and that at the beginning of this world, the son of the creator of all the dimensions and universe came from the dimension that the gods dwell in. They came here by, believe it or not, flying saucers, and that they mated with the people of this world, and their children were the witches. And this is actually found in a book called the Book of Enoch, which contains the Book of Noah, which contains all of this garbage. Now, according 
to it, the little people were the witches, the fairies, the hobbits, the elves, and so on, and they were the dwellers of this world, and then through intermarriage they started becoming everyday people. Now, the, the son of Lucifer was called Adam. Now, this is exactly, except they don't call it Lucifer, that is in the Mormon Bible. And that Adam being the father of this world, and Eve, they also called Asherah, Diana, Isis, Aphrodite, uh, many names, Hecta, Selene, in other words, the mother of creation, was his wife. Now, according to this doctrine, the people that came to this world were the gods that lived on Olympus and other places of high altitude, and that when the Rothschilds, back in the about the 17th century or so, the gods started living in the Rothschilds. They had chose them as the purest family in the occult belief, and through the Rothschilds, making them gods, not mortals, not witches, but gods themselves, they created the Illuminati. Now, I might throw in this, and we'll discuss it later. They believe that Adam is alive again today and is ready to rule the world with peace, by the way. What else? Now, if you look at the pyramids, the capstone is free from the pyramid because the capstone is the Rothschild, and they do not consider them human. They consider them God. And the eye is the father god, Lucifer. Now, the Council of Thirteen is right there because they are the Rothschild's private ministers. The Illuminati functions as all of the pagan governments used to function of Babylon, of Moab, of uh, Egypt, of Greece, of Rome, of Scotland, of Ireland, and so on, all the pagan governments function the same way. The priests and priestesses of the temple told the rulers of the government, like the Pharaohs or the Caesars or whatever, what to do, because they were told by the gods what to do, and the Pharaohs listened to them. Now, in this case, the gods are the Rothschild, so if while I'm speaking tonight, and if you heard my testimony, you wonder, why can one man so young in witchcraft and so on, tell governors and senators and sometimes even presidents what to do. It's because they belong to the Illuminati and the Illuminati is a pagan government that listens to them because they don't give the orders. They simply repeat the orders that was given to them by that capstone called the Rothschild. Now we drew the three pyramids that make up the Illuminati and you can study them later. But there's one that I want to take before we go into the yellow sheet. I think it's on the purple one here. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's take organizations real quick. I want to read you something. Now, I know we have some masons here. I'm going to get you again. Now, many of you know that I did a book for Chick Publications called The Broken Cross. We've written another one that will be out in about three months. Hmm, you wouldn't believe the threats that have come over this book. It hits the Mormons. It hits the occult. It hits the conspiracy and the Rothschilds. It hits the Masons. Man, I think they're going to have to go into a bomb shelter instead of a bulletproof windows over there. And it's really brought the infiltrators within the Christian church out into the public. And I'm going to read you a passage that came out in the book. I'm going to read you a passage from one of the highest books written in Masons. It is a book that is only supposed to be read by 33rd degree Masons and those of the 30th, 31st, and 32nd whose lives prove that they are not Christians that they can hand this book to. We have a copy of it. We photographed the copy, and we have been showing it around the country. We have been getting people out of the Masons right and left. Of course, we didn't get a lot of Masons mad at us, too. But I'm not going to do what I used to do and really pick on the Masons tonight. I'm just simply going to read 
from two books of theirs, and I'm going to let the Masons draw their own conclusion. That which we must say to the crowd is, we worship a god, but it is a god that one adores without superstition. To you, sovereign, grand, inspectors, general, we say this, that you may repeat it to the brethren of the 32nd, 31st, and 30th degree, the Masonic religion, religion should be, by all of us initiates of the high degree, maintained in the purity of the Luciferian doctrine. If Lucifer were not God, would Abaddon, now before I go on, I want to say Abaddon is found in Revelations for you students of Revelation as the keeper of the pit, the demon over all the rest of the demons. Would Abaddon, the God of the Christians, whose deeds prove his cruelty, profanity, and hatred of men, barbarism, and repulsion for science, would Abaddon and his priests culminate him? Yes, Lucifer is God. Thus, the doctrine of Satanism is a heresy, and the true and pure philosophical religion is the belief in Lucifer, the equal of Abaddon, Jesus Christ. But Lucifer, God of light and God of good, is struggling for humanity against Abaddon, the God of darkness and evil. They're calling Jesus Abaddon. They're calling Lucifer everything we believe of of Jesus, and Jesus everything we believe of the devil. And that's in one of their own books. Now... If you'll notice on this three blocks of any of them, you'll notice the Council of 33. The Council of 33 is the following. Within the Masons, there are the 32nd degree, then there is the honorary 33rd, and then there is the 33rd. I'm going to read you from the Lost Keys of Freemasonry, written by Manly P. Hall, a 33rd degree Mason, and, and co-authored by another man, a 33rd degree, and illustrated by a 32nd degree Mason, all still... All were in the Masons. This was written in 1942. It's a book for Masons only. I'm going to read you the initiation to become a member of the Council of 33, the third, or actually the second highest council within the Masons, I mean within the Illuminati. When the Mason learns that the key to the warrior on the block is the proper application of the dynamo of living power, he has learned the mystery of his craft. The seething energies of Lucifer are in his hands. And before he may step onward and upward, he must prove his ability to properly apply energy. He must follow in the footsteps of his forefather, Tubal-Cain, who with the mighty strength of the war god hammered his sword into a plowshed. Now, when I was saved, I complained. Well, no, what am I saying? What am I saying when I was saved? I didn't find this out until I was saved. When I was in the occult, I complained at our council meetings because the 33rd council had so much power, and I felt it was unjust because... I had proven myself so greatly to Lucifer, you know, which is our very proud people. And I complained that they didn't do the same thing. Now, we really didn't know what the Council of 33 did or what their rights were because we were cult and they were Mason. When I got saved and saw this, I found out they did do the same thing. The warrior on the block rights, remember I said they must prove their ability to properly apply this energy? The warrior on the block rights is human sacrifice. They did do the same right. The very leaders that lead the Masonic belief, remember they said of the high initiates, they laugh at the Blue Lodge and those below them because of what they really know and who they really worship. We had a man saved about two weeks ago, in, or about three weeks ago now, in Jacksonville, Florida. It was a 32nd degree Mason. His father was a 33rd. His future father-in-law was a 33rd. His mother and future mother-in-law and fiancé were all on the Eastern Star, and he was ready to perform the warrior on the block when he was saved. He told us, can I come hide at your retreat? My own parents will set me up to be killed because I have left the Mason. Now, that's a 32nd degree Mason saying that. You think about it. 
All right. Now, go with me to the back of that purple sheet, the political organization. Okay. The Trilateral Council and the Council of Foreign Affairs. There's two separate blocks there, and it shouldn't really be. You can leave it this way. The Trilateral Council is the brain center of the Council of Foreign Relations. Most people do not know that America, without being an official member, is a member of the European Common Market. The Trilateral Council is the American version of the European Common Market. Every man in the Council of Foreign Relations and every man in the Trilateral Council believes that Lucifer is God supreme, has declared it, has taken a vow of secrecy, and has dedicated his life to seeing that Adam gains the world. Our president is a member of the Trilateral Council, and that is a well-known fact for people who dig into politics. So don't anybody, please, don't anybody tell me how great a Christian he is. Now, let's go over to the all sheet, to the sphinx, and we'll go on with something else. I'm going to give you the rest of that reading list. I haven't forgotten. Just bear with me. When you study Atlas Shrugs, this book was written, as I said, 12 years ago, you will find out that you are reading the front pages of the paper today. The oil shortage that doesn't exist, they state that they destroy their own oil wells, that they hide their own oil so nobody can have it. They state how they destroy the coal mines and shut the coal mines down to shut the electricity down. They state how they cripple the country and no food is grown. It states how they pick and derail trains and so that no trains go. It states how they sink and pirate thousands of ships every year. We just recently heard a report by the Coast Guard down in Florida how they're asking people not to sail out on pleasure craft in the Bermuda Triangle area, not because they believe in the Bermuda Triangle, but because over 1,000 ships were pirated last year and everybody on board was killed and dumped in the ocean. Now, they don't like to put that in the front pages. You see, that might call some people to wonder about some things. And this is all in this book that was written 12 years ago. And in the book, they gain control of the world by bankrupting their own businesses. The Illuminati owns most, I would say, 99 and 9 tenths of the stores that you walk into and shop and the gas stations you go to. And they are going to destroy them on purpose. They are in the process of buying up over the last few years all the stores they don't own. They bought up grants and they bankrupted. They just bought up two guys and you can watch for them to go out of business. And they keep in business the ones that they've always owned and they are going to bankrupt them before long and cripple them and destroy them. And the idea of taking over is to bankrupt the whole world where nothing is of any value and the currency does not exist anywhere and then come back and solve all the problems. I heard the Gaithers, which are my favorite group recently, on a record in a live concert. The guy was talking about the energy crisis. He says, it's funny. It doesn't matter if it's the Republicans or Democrats. They get elected, they cause us problems, and then solve them so it looks like they're doing something. Now, that's about the way it really is. And the book in Atlas Shrugged ends with the hero, John Galt, which is really Philip Rothschild, lifting his hand up in the air and drawing the symbol of his organization. It never says Illuminati in the book. And the Aaron says, we shall follow this symbol back. And the symbol that he draws is that. Can everybody see it before you ask? It's a dollar sign. Now, the dollar sign is only used in America, by the way. Nowhere else to represent money. It's almost 8,000 years old or probably older. It goes back and find it in the pyramids. And it means to scourge or to punish and through punishment to purify and make right. That's what it means. 
funny that that's what we symbolized our money. Now, the Rothschilds lead the Illuminati, and in every country they have a family, with the head of that family being the head of the Illuminati. In the United States, we have the Rockefellers. David Rockefeller is the head of both the Council of Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Administration or Council, which is the name of the Illuminati within the United States. And these, there's more blocks in these things and more blocks in the pyramids, but we have placed the main blocks that would interest America. And the main source of finance for the Illuminati and the whole world, but particularly in the United States, is the Standard Oil Company. Now, I'm going to educate you about something tonight that the Illuminati hoped nobody would ever find out about. Of course, you can check out who owns Standard Oil. That's David Rockefeller. He's the owner of Standard Oil. Now, when we were in the Illuminati, we had to learn the hieroglyphics of the Illuminati, and we had to go and shop at the stores that the Illuminati marked themselves, marked their stores by. Of course, they own almost everything, but their main businesses they mark. And Standard Oil is the conglomerate that owns almost everything. If I told, I'm going to tell you the things they own, you're not going to believe what they own. It's that astonishing. If I asked most people today, besides Standard Oil, in fact, I'm going to, what would you say was the number one conglomerate within the United States? Anybody, tell me. Besides Standard Oil. Sears? That's Standard Oil. General Motors. That's the one I was waiting on. Standard Oil owns General Motors. They own Ford. They own American Motors. They own Chrysler. Now, you'll see federal department stores down here. Federal department stores is Sears, Kenny's. A man very close, very powerful in the Illuminati, doesn't live too far from here, that owns all the federal department stores, lives in Columbus. His name is Lazarus. Now, Lazarus owns federal department stores. Federal department stores owns Gold Circle. They own Kresge's, which owns Kmart. They own just about every department store in the United States, Globe, Ontario, so on. They own Woolworths, which owns Wilco's. But Standard owns Mobile, and Mobile owns Montgomery Wars. You get the message? Now, you can find out what Standard owns because they mark their signs with blue and red, everything they own. They also, in all of their oil companies, mark their oil companies with occult symbols. The main symbol is the sign of their god, the five-pointed star. Now, that was, and the strongest version I've ever seen of it is the five-pointed star radiating rainbow collars because they know that Lucifer is the god of the rainbow, as they put it. And if you'll read Ezekiel 28, you'll find out he is. He does kind of radiate like a rainbow. He's covered with different colored jewels and so on. And this thing, they have snuckled with the arrow through it because that's the sign of casting a spell, the arrow. They use 76 because May 1st, 1776 is their birth date of the Illuminati. They use the sign of what witches practice in, this magic circle. When they write mobile, they write everything in blue, but they leave the circle in red. Most people don't even notice that. That there's a difference. The winged horse in Marathon, Pegasus, is the messenger of the god. It goes on and on. Holiday Inn is the star with the rainbows. And you just go on and on. The eightfold path of, of what a witch must master to be a powerful witch is the symbol of Denny's. That's owned by them. So I see that they've got Sears separate from Federal Park stores. They really shouldn't. Shell Oil was the last oil company to go when Queen Julianne, which is a member of the 500 here, and her husband, Prince Bryden, and Philip Rothschild own 90% of Shell Oil. Golf doesn't bear occult signs because it's owned by British Products, but British Products is owned by the Illuminati. Bosios is owned by the Mafia that's controlled by the Illuminati. I don't know why Union 76 is separate because it's a member of Standard Oil. But this will give you an idea. And First National Bank is doing a new thing now. They're putting out 13 circles on their buildings 
with all the emblems of the Illuminati on them. I guess they want lots of power. They've used the 13 plus the I and plus all different things and so on. Chase Manhattan Bank is, and Bank America are both owned by the Rockefellers. First National is owned by the Dows and the DuPonts and the Kennedy. And the Federal... I am cracking up. I told you right Federal Reserve Act is on there. I'm not even looking tonight. The Federal Reserve Act, most people think is a uh, section of the United States government. It is not. The Federal Reserve Act is a stockholder-owned company. It's illegal. It's against the Constitution of the United States, but nobody dares oppose it. Now, what most people don't realize is the Constitution says Congress will set our weights and measures and the values of our dollar. But the Federal Reserve Act does that. Now, the Federal Reserve Act was pushed through by Woodrow Wilson, the first Illuminati president since Thomas Jefferson. And he was smart. He adjourned everybody to go home for the Christmas holidays and kept 55 congressmen and senators back that belonged to the Illuminati. This was back before they ran Congress. And before that everybody could get back, he adjourned Congress, and they passed the Federal Reserve Act. You see, now they, got, they do it in a different way. They own everybody. Now, I want to say a couple more things, and then we're going to go into some things here on those signs, and then we're going to take questions. If you'll take up this blue sheet that says, Illuminati Plan for World Takeover. <coughs> All right. Look for, it says, Democratic President Gets Laws Enacted. They're talking about J.C. <clears throat> the first law that the Illuminati has but they have not got passed yet, the number one law they want passed is called the, the, the Dow Gun Act. I'm sorry, the Dees Gun Act. It's penned by Isaac Bonowitz, which you'll find on the Council 13 list there, but it's supposed to really be penned by Martin Dees, who led Jimmy Carter's campaign and is head of the National Handgun Control Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, most people don't know how important it is that we not lose our constitutional right to own a gun. The Illuminati will never be able to start Helder Skelter, which is on this thing, and you can read about it later, unless they can convince the people that they're not going to have to go from door to door fighting their way down the street as they burn and kill and rape and everything else. So they have promised them there'll be nothing existing in the form of guns in anybody's hands within the next year and a half. Now, I think that that's where the Illuminati is going to have a little problem because they had counted on passing the same law in Massachusetts as the test law, and they lost it. The law would have gave the National Guard the right to come into your home and the state police without a search warrant and search for your guns and confiscate them and arrest you if you had not turned them in with 60 days of the passing of the law. They thought that since Massachusetts was the strongest anti-gun state in the nation and since Ted Kennedy supposedly wrote the bill himself, it would get passed. Boy, were they in for a shock. It lost by a landslide, almost three to one. And that has thrown them in fear that maybe that same law would not be passed in the United States. Now, the other laws remove tax exemption from churches, House Bill 41. I spoke of when I was here before. By the way, did they pass that bill here? That one you were fighting, 1441? They did pass it? They passed it? It was about tax or something here. They didn't come to vote? Okay. Now, 41, I understand, has been passed by now, at least by my information of what I can get. And it is supposed to pull the tax exemption from churches not belonging to the World Council of Churches or not having memberships of 500. And then, or well, it doesn't say it's a poll, it says that you must go to court and prove that you should stay tax deductible and you'll spend a couple million dollars in court so it's not worth battling. Then, those that keep their status, all except those belonging to the World Council, I mean the National Council of Churches denominations, which leaves out Independent Baptists, by the way, uh, all except them, 
no other exemption. You will have your name, your address, your phone number, just people coming in. Let's keep on. Uh, printed in every post office in the United States. Plus, you may have an IRS on it without any reason, just because you gave gifts of the thing. This is what the bill's about. The next is the Genocide Act. Now, this law was defeated eight years ago, and it's up for vote again in about, all oh, three, four weeks. Now, it will send you to the federal penitentiary if you convert somebody from the faith that they were born into. I don't mean born again into. It's a copy of a law in Egypt that you must leave everybody alone to their own faith. That means if you convert a Mormon, a Catholic, a Southern Baptist, something like this. Nobody laughed on that one. If you convert somebody from another faith, even if they're over 21, their parents may press charges against you and have you indicted, not for conversion of somebody, catch this, for genocide. And you'll stand trial, not for some misdemeanor, but for murder. That's right. And that one is being pushed through. Um, the next is the Presidential Martial Law powers. It's called the, Pre it's called the Martial Law Act. It's already been passed, I think it passed last November, signed, enacted, in a law. Now, I want to say something. If you haven't heard about these, that's because... You typically do something that the Illuminati counts upon. Now, people, I'm going, to sit, I'm going to try and change your life with this. When Congress is arguing over something about a law that they're going to pass or something they're going to do or somebody they want to fire or get rid of, start digging and find out what they're really doing that you're not hearing on the television. The only time Congress or the government argues or does publicity about anything they're doing is when they don't want you to know what else they're doing. It's a smokescreen. When they fired... I can't even think of his name now. The guy that was on President Carter's committee and so on, when they fired him, they passed the Martial Law Act while you weren't looking. They, when, right now, they passed House Bill 41 and they're trying to pass the Genocide Act without you knowing it while they argue over the Panama Canal. Now, we're never going to give the Panama Canal up, even if the law is passed, because we're supposed to get up in the year 200 and all the people in politics believe that we'll have a world government by the year 1980. So they don't plan on giving up. In fact, they don't even believe the Panama Canal is going to exist anymore. That it's going to be blown off the face of a map in a world war about the year 1980. So they don't care what they do. They're arguing over it. They could pass it right now if they wanted to. They're arguing over it and feuding and fussing and getting as much publicity as possible so you won't know about the other laws that they're trying to pass. So when you hear something big explode, like the upcoming trials on the congressman and so on over the Korean thing, that's probably about the time that they'll probably pass the anti hoarding Act and finish up the Genocide Act. The Anti-Hoarding Act forbids you to own more than one month's food or one month's fuel supplies on the penalty of one year and $5,000 fine, one year in federal penitentiary. Now, I want you to go home and ask yourself why our government, we're not starving yet, we will be before long, but we're not yet, why they want to pass the law forbidding you to have more than one month's food supply in your home, why you are not allowed to stockpile food. We're not in World War II when you have to do this. We're now. There's a reason for it. Those are the major laws that they're trying to pass. I got all that stuff out of the way. Now, we'll play school. I'm going to need a mic. Can I move one of these mics with me? Do any of them disconnect? Or... Okay, then I'll stand over here and point. Excuse me for pointing. It's worse than no knowledge. All right? And in all of theirs, they stopped the Illuminati at the Rockefellers. They're, they always are after David and Nelson and these type of people as the leaders of the Illuminati. They're not. Second, they also say that the Illuminati, and it's in many books and I can prove it and in many tapes, that the Illuminati is a Zionist conspiracy. 
and it is not a Zionist conspiracy. The learned elders of Zion are the synagogue of Satan that were Jews that believed that Lucifer was the true God, okay? Existed before the Illuminati, and the Illuminati came, you know, used their teachings to start the Illuminati, all right? But they're not Zionists. In fact, most of us, their leaders are Gaelic. The Rothschilds are Zionists by birth, but they quit believing in Yahweh hundreds of years ago. And uh, Weishaupt had already left the Jewish church, had been a Catholic and a Satanist before the Illuminati was formed. And on and on. And they tried to make the Rockefellers and everybody at one time a Jew, and everybody changed their names to hide they were a Jew, and all the Jews are the evil people, and they leave the Illuminati. Well, I have news for them. I said on the Council of 13 that runs that organization, and my family's never been a Jew. They're all from Scotland. So something's wrong in the translation somewhere. Uh, and I cannot believe that a member of the Council of 33, the second highest council within the Illuminati, can run an organization that exposes the Illuminati. It just doesn't make sense. And the other strongest thing, we'll let that one go. That's a little too strong for anybody around here. But uh, all I can say is that the Birch Society is like the Masons. Now, I'm going to hit another group here. You're not going to like it. We've got some people here, but hear me out before you all want to lynch me at one time. It's like the Charismatics. And that's because the people, the little people, it's just like, okay, like the coal miners and like the farmer strike and like the Teamsters. You've got the people in it below who do not know who its leaders are. Okay? Now, where I sat, I had to hand money to people. Okay? And when I come out, people wonder, why are you mad at these people? These people are good men of God. Why are you mad at them? How would you feel if you had to take millions of dollars in checks and currency and dispose it to these people to do things for the Illuminati? Would you respect them as Christians? That's the idea. Too much money went into the Birch Society from the Illuminati for me to believe that it's an instrument against the Illuminati. Okay? I built. I say I built. I saw $35 million in two years go into the charismatic movement to build the four biggest churches in the United States that lead it, plus the full gospel businessmen. I saw $20 million given to Demos Securian one night. I can't accept it. Okay? I'm I'm not a member of the Dominion Society, nor a defender, nor a secret society of the Dominion Society. I would say it's a record statement, because I have a document that was not all the way through Rockstar. Okay. I'm, well, let me catch you up a minute. I've got to give it, I wasn't going to give it, but I'm going to go ahead and give it. Some of its biggest people, like the man you mentioned and Gary Allen, have both stood up and just literally ripped, by name, the Baptist Fundamental Church apart. And have you ever seen the blue book of the Birch Society? No Christian can read that book and say that book is a Christian book. All right? And I've heard them stand up and say they're fools in the fundamental church. Okay? No, I cannot in any way. So let's pass over that one. I hit that. I also hit a dozen other things at once. I'm going to get lynched by three different groups before I get out of here. But sorry, let me inject things, please. Yeah. Let's hold our questions to one per person. Yeah, really. We've got uh, about 400 folks in here tonight. Yeah, everybody wants and, to ask uh, questions. After what I just said about the charismatics, I know they're going to want to. So, so let's limit them just a yeah. What's the charismatic? 
Okay. A charismatic, uh, let's put it this way, a charismatic movement, the charismatic movement to the outside people is the movement that declares the speaking of tongues. Okay? That is separate from the Pentecostal denominations and churches. Most people do not realize that the Pentecostal churches are not part of the charismatic movement. In fact, many of them oppose it. All right? The charismatic movement in reality was one of three steps declared back in 1964 to do two things. Well, the main function was to destroy the fundamental church of any type. All right? The Masons was one, and the charismatic church was another, okay? And then the political maneuvers was the third. Now, the charis most people, you know, they, folk, they get caught up in the charismatic movement, they don't stand back and watch it. It has two distinct signs wherever it goes. If it isn't a fundamental church, it splits it every time. I have never seen any fundamental evangelical church say the same after it came there. And the other thing it does is it unites all the liberal churches. It has brought the Catholics, the Lutherans, and the Mormons, even the Mormons, the Methodists, the Episcopalians, Presbyterians, everybody together. Now, I'm going to make some quotations. See, I'm not a charismatic, I admit it, but I'm not a Baptist either, so don't say I'm saying it because I'm a Baptist. I'm against it. I'm against it for one reason. I was on the Council of 13 and had to pay too many millions of dollars out to that organization to accept that it be of God and its leaders, since I know most of its leaders by first name basis. They used the charismatic movement to establish Jesus Rock. I had to deliver a $4 million check that was the second $4 million check that Chuck Smith, that created Calvary Chapel and Maranatha Productions, received from the Illuminati. And he knew it was Illuminati money before you go out of here and say that he didn't. The purpose of it was to build Maranatha Industries and Productions, which started Jesus Rock. Back when the Christian church was preaching against rock music, not knowing why, but preaching against it just the same, and throwing it out the churches, that scared the Illuminati and the occult world to death. At that time, they almost thought their end had come. Because if that really happened within the Christian church, the Christian church would have the biggest mass revival of souls in the United States that this world has ever seen. That's the purpose for rock music, to make sure that that never takes place. Now, okay, let me finish all this, because it's long, before any hands come rushing up. When that took place, they got scared. So they got smart, they thought, and they built Jesus Rock. And you can take some of the top Jesus Rock songs... And you can play the same rock songs over here, and it's the very same tune with new words stuck in. Now, I want to give you a, a key that witches know about. Okay? The sign of the devil's music, as they say of Lucifer's music, is not the words. It's the music. The power is in the music. The sign of Christian music is not the music. It's the words. That's why one song written by a group will catch on and will bless Christians' hearts and others won't. Have you ever wondered why the Gaithers are the number one group in the United States? Not because they sang great, because the songs they write and the power in those songs. Now, I know from being in the occult world the power in music. 
And I'm saying all this because I was the leader of Zodiac. I was going to get on this, and I'm, I'm still taking care of yours at the same time. By somebody asking me about rock music, but I'll do it this way. The thing about rock music was I was the leader of Zodiac Productions, which is the conglomerate that owns almost all of the rock booking agencies and production of concerts in the United States. Almost 95% of the groups that you hear in concert belong to contract to Zodiac Productions. Most of the friends that I have that are still in the world are friends that I met in the rock industry of people whose albums you buy today. Okay? The Illuminati doesn't produce rock music to entertain you. They don't produce rock music to make money. They don't need that money. They own everything anyway. They do it to put demonic influence in your life. The w music is a spell, and every witch knows it. That's why when somebody's saved out of the occult, and they say, uh, to say, Pastor, what do I do? The pastor will go, well, burn everything that has to do with the occult. That's all the pastor says. And they'll bring in their rock records. Nobody has to tell them to do it. They were in witchcraft. They know what rock music is. Now, kids, I'm going to get you with this. Parents, don't pray that your kids throw out the rock music. It doesn't belong to them. It belongs to you. You are the head of the house, and although you think it belongs to them, according to God's word, everything in that house is yours. And you are the one that will face Jesus and say why you had it. The problem with Christians, particularly in a Baptist church, is that they don't realize that there's two judgments coming. One for the lost and one for the saved. And you will have to give account at the judgment seat of Christ for the things you didn't do and did do. You get it coming and going. So, if you think that you're keeping your kids from being rebellious by having the rock music in the home, have I got a surprise for you? They wouldn't be rebellious if you'd burn the stuff. Amen. So go home tonight and get rid of it. As I told the congregation last night, you can go home and count how many demons are in your home, or at least the minimum number, by how many rock albums and 45s your kids have. Now, we started out with charismatic somehow. The, probably the strongest person in the charismatic movement is the man who led the charismatic conference in Kansas City. Now, charismatics, I'm not picking on you as individuals. I'm picking on your leaders in the movement itself. Just like I'm not picking on Masons, I'm picking on the leaders of the Masons. Now, it's funny. I can come in here and I can tear down Billy Graham and nobody will lynch me. They may, somebody might think I'm crazy, but they, they'll let me alone. But if I get in a charismatic church and I touch one of their people up here, they're ready to crucify me on a moment's notice. Now, I'm going to tell you this. The man who led that conference was a Catholic cardinal. But when they elected Pope Paul, lost by two votes. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Pope Paul's in critical condition. They're already talking about a new pope. And they're proclaiming him by a landslide the leader of the Catholic Charismatic Movement. And, by the way, the leader of most of the Charismatic Movement. He said five years ago at the Notre Dame Conference, it's a matter of public record, but they'd like to keep it from you, that give him ten years and he'll have all of the churches as one 
because of the charismatic movement. That's why the uniting of the liberal and the destruction of the fundamental. You'll never get the fundamental churches to unite as one. They can't stop arguing long enough to do it. <laughs> Which I praise the Lord for. Keeps us on our toes. But they are getting the liberals. Now most of you probably sitting here would not be in this meeting unless Jesus was your Savior. But I have talked to thousands of leaders in the charismatic movement who say it is not necessary to repent of your sins and be born again. Demos Securian, this is what Demos believes, head of the full gospel business. He does not believe that you need to repent. He does not believe in a rapture, and he does not believe in a tribulation. He believes that a one world government is coming which Christians will lead. He has said over and over, if you receive the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, and you belong to a church that is not preaching the word of God, don't leave it. Stay there. Don't leave it. Now, I believe that the word of God says, come out from amongst them and be separate. And I also believe that the same as when a prophet prophesies wrong one time, you mark him and leave him alone. If a man preaches false doctrine, you leave him alone. Of course, you can leave me alone if you think I'm wrong about the charismatic. That doesn't bother me a bit. My job is to tell you what's happening. And I'm going to tell you whether you like it or not. Do you help for it? You praise the Lord when I'm telling the Masons. Keep on praising when I'm telling you. The second most powerful man, or third most powerful man in the charismatic movement is Ralph Wilkerson. Ralph Wilkerson is the head. He is really the person who tells all the charismatic leaders. He's actually the number one, but he's supposed to be ranked third. He is the man who must appear before the Council of Thirteen to take back the orders to all the rest of the people in the charismatic movement. He is the pastor of a multi-million dollar church called Melvinland. One of the largest independent charismatic Bible schools and universities in the country. And they gave that man so much, everything that is there, the Illuminati bought and built for him. And him knowing it all the whole time. The reason that he preaches that witches can't be saved and can never be saved is he's so scared that some of us will blab on it. And you're right, I'm doing it too. Now I have, if you think that everything else I say is great, then why would I lie about this particular, I have nothing to gain. I go into charismatic churches and say the same thing. I do. You think that's rough here? You ought to be there. My job, when I got saved, I told the Lord that everything that I knew the devil was doing now was going to let the world know. And man, I'm going to let him know whether you like it or not. Now, I told you the, the thing about it. And I can go on with more churches and more churches. The point is, you're going to have to question yourself about the thing. Okay? People are preaching a last day revival in the United States. The only last day revival we're going to get in the United States is the devils. You may not like it, but the United States is just like Jeremiah. Now, I mean, the United, the United States is just like Jerusalem and Jeremiah's day. They were all waiting for God to save them when the prophet was telling them that God was going to let them be destroyed because of the sinful ways. And one of the things said, you've went off under every tree and committed whoredom with every belief there was and worshipped all the pagan gods there was. That's America. 
The biggest, fastest growing religion in the United States is the occult, and that's a fact. We're not having a Christian revival. It really tickles me how we're supposed to have two-thirds of the population as born-again Christians. I understood that almost uh, 75% of the United States were into witchcraft and the occult. Something wrong somewhere. People, something is terribly wrong. When we have a country that is so sold out to the devil in its way of life, and we have at the same time such supposedly mass revival of a Christian belief, something stinks somewhere. Now you're going to have to pray about it yourselves. But I'm telling you for a fact, you better question it. You better question what you're into and the little groups. And this, I don't know if the charismatics know it here, but see, I, I get all the charismatic books and read them and all the teachings, and I know what's taught by this or that. It's funny, they'll say one place, something, someplace, and something different, someplace else, and so on. I don't know if they ever know what they're saying. And they're really recommending that you not go to church. Most of them are teaching. Bob Mumford, Prince, and Basham, and others are preaching stop going to church. To go home and hold your own individual prayer meetings in your house, and don't go to church anymore. I'm sorry, that's not in the Word of God. There'll be a day where you won't be able to go to church. But why you can do it, that day has not come yet. And your home won't be safe when it comes either. Okay. I took the longest on it, but go ahead. Try to get these others. Uh, this card that you were talking about, that symbol on it, now, would we, we don't have a choice. We've got to take it in order to... Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back up a minute here. The Bible says that if you take it, you're lost. Okay, so this is the mark. This is the mark. If you're waiting for a tattoo, I've heard Christians say, well, I'll take the card until the tattoo comes. <laughs> Let's go about that tattoo for a minute. It says that an angel of the Lord is going to come down and seal God's people in the forehead and hand. Now, does that mean we're going to rock around with a tattoo? If it's spiritual there... It's spiritual when we're sealed in the forehead and the hand with the mark of the beast. Now, I want to tell you something. The forehead means the mind, and the hand means the works. It always has in Bible prophecy, and it always will. There's something strange. We'll go over to Ezekiel. We'll go over to Isaiah. We'll go over to all the other prophets, and we'll read their prophecies in Daniel, and we'll say... Oh, praise the Lord. You know, that, that means this and that means this and so on. We know that, that the dry bones meant something and the wheel within the wheel meant something and the statue with the ten toes meant something. But we'll go over to Revelations and we'll say, well, of course the Antichrist is not going to be a dragon with ten heads and, or seven heads and ten horns and so on and so forth. We don't really believe he's going to be that. And we'll call that spiritual. But we'll go over here and call something else physical. What makes Revelations different from the rest of the prophecy books? I thought it was the same God giving the prophecy. You can't do it that way. No, when this card comes, and you take it, you've made your stand. As for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. And you can't do both. So you're going to have to go home and ask yourself what you're going to do when you can't go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. It's not established. <laughs> you, I mean, they don't put a sign and say, here we are. Yeah. 
No, the witchcraft on the post is on the cover. Totally. But it, it's not so on the cover that most people on the base don't know it exists. Okay? Yeah. Uh-huh. Right here. Um, you mentioned in your tape that you recorded before, so let me ask you a question. And I think it was in fact, was Jimmy Carter the man mentioned in the sixth letter as being the son of those people? He's Adam. He's Adam. Uh-huh. Right here, the best. Oh. that ever practice in the occult. Well, we've got a lot of lost people tonight because a lot of people read their astrology charts. Uh, Ralph Wilkerson is teaching that there is no rapture, that the uh, church will either go through the tribulation or there will be no tribulation. He hasn't quite made up his mind yet. Um, I want to think about these because I want to make sure I word them the way that he worded them. Okay? The Old Testament is not the ordained word of God that Luther, Lucifer inspired it. And if the Ten Commandments were not written by God or delivered by God to Moses, that Moses was fooled and the devil delivered him. I'd say that was quite a few right there. Now, these are things that he has said and are being taught in his Bible college. Okay? Over here. Same thing today. <laughs>
That's why some of the other translations are so bad, because they've stripped the power out of it. Now, this jewelry was inspired by the devil, and all I can tell you is what I have seen. And that is that I have seen two things. That at a council meeting of the 13, it was decided that above all, more powerful than rock music, more powerful than Christians owning books and astrology charts and Ouija boards, was to place them this in their hands. All I can tell you is that demons follow this. They're not going to follow the slice of pork sacrificed to an idol, but they're going to follow the idol. I'm, I'm getting to it. I'm, t I'm trying to lay the groundwork. I can't just jump into it. Now, let's take the two Christians. A person totally serving Jesus Christ as Lord is not going to have him in his life anyway. And that's where it lies. A Christian that's living... That's assuming he knows. Okay, what happens when he knows? Uh, okay, whether they do or not, all right? I think that Jesus stops being the Lord of your life when you know this and keep it. I mean, you're not going to set up in, in your house an altar just because it's safe to go into a pagan temple with a statue of Satan. Okay, so you're not going to set this stuff up. When you know, you're going to get rid of it. That's the idea, okay? If it was harmless to lordship Christians, I'd shut my mouth and let it go and keep the heat off my back. Everything I say in these is controversial in one way or the other. You know, I could be a good minister. I could be another Billy Graham if I watched what I said. I just can't announce to do it. <laughs> it's not jewelry. The trick is jewelry. It's not the symbol. It's when it's cast in jewelry that it holds its power. Okay? Okay. Yeah. Well, they belong to the same bank. They belong, okay, Prudential, Chase Manhattan owns Prudential. Actually, Lords of London owns most of the insurance companies in the United States, and Lords of London owns Chase Manhattan, okay? So it's a chain. Uh, all states owned by Sears, which is owned by federal department stores, okay? I mean, you can, when you study conglomerates, you'll find out there's four conglomerates in the world and everything's owned by them. It doesn't matter what it's, who they say owns them, it's who really owns, who owns them, okay? I, th I, I think you'll get the message. Uh, let me, I know you got your hand up. Let me ask other people. If you've asked a question, hold it off and let me get some of the others. Yeah. I'm a bit concerned about what you said. My concern is that um, if a Christian had control of life, the word said that, and he received that sign in the next year and a half or two, whatever you may call it, he said it was moving that he's lost. And this confuses me because I understand that a Christian Okay, I believe in eternal security. I believe in everything that I believe in for reasons that I see. Okay? I believe in I came to believe in eternal security in a very real manner. Because I believe in demon possession and demons in Christians' lives and I've seen hundreds and thousands, actually thousands of people that have been Christians originally going to witchcraft, and no matter what they did, they couldn't be possessed. That convinced me right on the line. It may not mean anything to you, but it meant to me. Now, I believe in eternal security. But I have a question for you. What happens if a Christian blasphemes the Holy Ghost? Well, we get into discussion of what <laughs> Yes, we will. <laughs> what the Holy Ghost is, that question is, though, is the person lost after he's 
That's a good question. Oh, yeah, I said it. I believe in eternal security, but I believe that if you knowingly blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you're lost. I believe that's what the Bible says, too. Now, that's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. People find Jesus' father were able to do that. They didn't have that son. But was that blaspheming the Holy Ghost in Christ you see on earth? Blaspheming the Holy Ghost can come in many ways. When you sit there and you take a sign that the Bible has said, now remember, we're not talking about the lost who might take it ignorantly. We're talking about the Christian who knows all the way through the Word of God that taking that is rejecting God. And rejecting God is blaspheming the Holy Spirit when you reject Him knowingly. If I think you're going to answer that, then I'll shut up. If a person has received Christ and has eternal life, I answered you. He cannot blame God as a father because he can't have Christ in the same as a blaspheming God and reject Him to be lost. He can't? He can't? That's saying he's lost his faith in the same father. One person can't. You're quoting one scripture and I'm quoting the other. It's stuck in your guts to decide. The Bible says that if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, you're lost. So don't forget this, but if a person is saved, he's already forgiven. Can we ask you a question? Do you believe that a Christian can sin? Sure, but if he can sin, if he can sin, he may not be lost. But does he have to ask for forgiveness of the sin that he's committed after he's saved? Does if you sin after you have had your sins washed away, do you have to repent of the sin you've committed? I asked you a question. Do you have to repent of that sin? Thank you. That's all I wanted to know. That's not the Word of God. Right here. It's the Mooney movement connected with the Illuminati. The Moonies and the Christians and the Way were all created for one purpose, and that was to pass the Genocide Act. Because when the Genocide Act was first tried to pass, the Christians fought it. This time it's being passed because the Southern Baptist Church and BJ and other places are backing it to stop the Moonies. And I don't know if they realize what it really means. It means that the same thing can be done to a Christian. Okay? Yes. Spiritualism? Have you read? All right. How much do you know about this book? Okay, I believe it. I'm not making. I'm not making fun of you. I'm going to use it to answer your question. Uh, no, no, ho, 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 wait a minute. Now let me say something here. Because somebody says they believe in God, big deal, the devils do too. They know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. No, the Bible through and through, particularly Deuteronomy 18, forbids spiritualism, consulting the familiar spirits and, de and demons, consulting the medium. It says in Revelation that these people shall have their part in the lake and fire, and before the blood covenant, it was punishable by stoning and death. All right? In fact, the only time that I ever know, and boy, was the witch surprised, that the real person ever came back and communicated was when Samuel came back and talked to Saul, and the witch was so surprised that the real Samuel showed up that she ran out of the place. Okay? No. Now, the Spiritualist Church is called the Christian Spiritualist Church of America. They believe in God, but their teaching is not the Word of God. They don't believe in heaven. They don't believe in hell. They believe in reincarnation. Uh, they don't believe in the devil. They don't believe in demons. I mean, there are over and over, they don't believe in salvation, repentance, born again, nothing. Now, no, uh, some time back, oh, about 70, 80 years ago, I guess it was, maybe even longer. Uh, yeah, it was, it was before the turn of the century. Well, that's about 70, 80 years. Uh, they decided, the Illuminati decided that not everybody would ever worship witchcraft. So they pulled four of the major beliefs out of witchcraft. Spiritualism, okay, uh, uh, which created psychic healing, 
okay, and, and many other supposedly signed gifts and so on that were counterfeit. Um, they created astrology separate. That's when astrology started picking up. They created yoga or TM, Transcendental Meditation, which was astral projection. And they created psychic powers of ESP and so on. Okay, and controlling somebody with your mind. They call it, they call it parapsychology, telekinesis, and so on, which is the same thing as casting a spell. So, this way, by giving it scientific names, but evidently the professors at the uh, Parapsychology Institute at Duke University never read Acts 16.16, where it said that a person with this power had demons, and when the demon was cast out, they lost their power. That would blow their philosophies out the window. But, um, no, uh, it's definitely of the devil. Okay? Back here in the blue. Oh, go ahead. No, it's all right. Ma'am, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's appearing just like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's appearing just like that. In fact, in Jerusalem, almost all of the license plates begin with 666. What? This, this right here appears. It is on the card. I've seen a copy of it. That's what I said a while ago. It is, that's why it's so funny that supposed to be a born-again Christian said, I designed the card and put that on there. Mm -hmm. Right here. Yeah. 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 I'm going to ask the best question. Right? I may not ask you that. <laughs> you won't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, have any knowledge of some uh, uh, big Christian leaders right up in the uh, in this? You want to get me now, huh? No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just you know, I just talking about the I have a lot of Yeah, quite a few. Let me say something. Have you ever noticed the bigger you get, the less fundamental you get? Now, there's an exception to that. I, see, in the occult, I didn't have any heroes. Now, I like John Wayne. You know, I don't know any better. No, my heroes are, are heroes that were enemies to us when I was in the occult. The most feared man in the world is a Baptist fundamental preacher by the name of Jack Howe. He is the most feared person. In fact, it was barely a month went by that that man's name didn't come up in some way. It's like several doctrines he preaches on armed Christians, for one, are preparing for the end times that Christians will see trouble before the rapture, the requirement of Christian retreat, the separation of the Christian from the world. That really scares the Illuminati. The Christian, when he starts becoming separated from the world, and when a man teaches the Lordship of Christ, that causes that. And they're scared of that. Because that is an enemy they can't reach. They're sold out. Okay? That's, that's the main reason. Also, he teaches on the Illuminati and other things. And he teaches it the way it really exists, not the way somebody in Macon, Georgia said. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Smith? I don't know his first name. I never met him after that night. I never met him after that. Huh? Oh, he was talking about all my testimony. In my testimony, I talked about the Baptist minister who prayed and fasted in order to the demons to be silent and not have any activity in my life so I was saved. Now, all I know is his name was Smith. I don't even know his first name. He pastored a little Southern Baptist church over by the Air Force Base. But that's all I know. Okay? Yes, I'll go. Uh, when were you saved? Exactly what do you believe that means? Okay. I was born again, which is what I believe it is, completely a new person. Uh, let me explain what born again is first. I'm tired of people saying they're born again and not. Amen. Oh, I like those amens. <laughs> born again is two things. One, it is the complete 
change of your life. If you are not a changed creature, you are not born again. And the only way to be a changed creature is through repentance. That doesn't mean that you are perfect and that you will not sin and that you will not need continual forgiveness. It is unscripture for anyone to believe otherwise. Second, the fruit of the Spirit will be present in your life if you are a Lordship Christian. Now, see, these Christians that are knowing just a Savior, I won't deny their salvation. I may frown upon it a little. I can't believe that a person can be a born-again Christian and not sell out to Jesus. But it seems to be done a lot. But I do know that where he is, Lord, of your life, the fruit of the Spirit will be. Now, that happened to me on May 1st. I'm sorry, May 1st. I got May 1st on the brain tonight. Happened to me on Labor Day, 1972, in San Antonio, Texas. Now, all my problems weren't solved that night, and I was born again, and I was changed, 